p.m. It's a new time. New things happening around here. And with new things come some, you know, some some oddities. <laughs> There's going to be some, some oddities that happen. But we're really excited to be with you guys. Thank you so much for your patience. Last week I was out sick. Got my ass kicked by some bug. Meant to be here all week prepping the changes for all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. And then I just... <laughs> disappeared because i was sick and and under the weather but glad to be back uh pumped for all that's coming by the way we hope that you're you're joining us over on rumble rumble.com forward slash drew berquist uh or if you're on the rvm network over on rumble just as good that's awesome uh so glad that you guys are here got some great stuff to get to tonight uh some depressing stuff too we got, we got Colonel Rob Manus who's going to come on in just a moment here and talk with us about Israel, which we're going to get into all the latest there. We're going to talk about uh, RFK later in the show, his switch to independent. We're going to talk about Putin, who keeps expanding on the African continent. We're going to cover some sports, some entertainment over the weekend. We got all sorts of stuff that we're going to hit. Before we get started, folks, I'm pleased to tell you that this hour is brought to you commercial-free by American Alternative Assets. Listen up. This, this whole Bidenomics thing, it's not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risks, risk, but you can act now before it's too late. You can do it with an entirely legal tax loophole. All you got to do, contact my friends over at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar. Volatile markets, you can do so with gold and silver IRAs. All you got to do is call 833, the number two, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps that you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Again, it's 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, let's get into it. Joining us now to discuss Israel, the latest, where things are headed where they are now, all the chaos is our good friend, retired Air Force Colonel, host of the Rob Manus Show here on the RVM Network. Rob Manus, welcome, Colonel. Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me back on. Hey, well, it's it's always our honor. It's, we're just grateful that you agree to it uh, every once in a while, which you always do. You're always so good about that. Thank you. So, <clears throat> obviously, a lot going on here. There's significant land operations, including Israel's uh, potential or not potential imminent move here into Gaza. Before we get into some of the conversation, because I want to see what you think in terms of where we are, where world leaders are, where where everything's going. But here was Joe Biden on it this weekend. All right, maybe we don't have that clip. Here he goes. Here, let's, let's play this clip here. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Okay. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. By the way, while we're on Joe Biden, just to get this done, Disco, if you're ready— the guy saying this and so much more about this issue is the same guy, not this one, um, the same guy who, who had to be helped off the stage yet again 
let's just skip it. Let's just get into to Colonel Biden. Our TD is 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 not in the studio today. We've got some some remote issues here. But 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 the guy the guy who had to be helped off the stage yet again by Jill came on came yeah. on stage right to left helped him off. And you've got him saying, don't, don't go in. Do you think anyone cares what he says? No, what they care about is what they see the United States doing, uh, you know, and and I think we've got a, a deterrent operation, flex, what, what's called a flexible deterrent option flowing with the two care battle groups going to the med. We're putting more air, combat air assets in the rest of the Middle East as kind of a blocking force in case the Iranians or somebody else tries to push an air package uh, over to uh, mess with this operation. And uh, that is uh, the business of what we do when we want to deter bad actors from doing what we don't want them to do. And Joe Biden's saying it, uh, I mean, it, looked good and sounded good because he can get one word out three times in a row uh, if he's on the right at the right moment in whatever drug it is or giving him to be up for that uh, you know uh, it, and fortunately he was sitting down so he didn't have to stand or walk or right anything like that and I hate to be making fun of it but I mean it's just pathetic it's pathetic it's embarrassing and it and that part of it is risky, Drew. You know, I mean, I think, like I said, I believe we've got the right stuff flowing to the right locations that we're hearing communications from out of Tehran and out of Syria uh, that indicate that they get it, you know? Uh, but does our NATO ally, Turkey, get it? Uh, I hope they get it by the fact that the uh, Gerald R. Ford is sitting right off their coast and the Eisenhower's on its way. Uh, yeah. But uh, they better get it because if they mess around, uh, just because they think they're a member of NATO, they could get away with it. Uh, I don't think once our folks are there and get the rules of engagement uh, uh, handed to them and, and get their operations planned, uh, which are already completed, by the way, I'm sure, that they would be able to get away with it if they actually take action, kinetic action especially. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to point something out that I noticed in that interview, and it, this drives me completely insane as far as the media goes, and just kind of to pivot back toward that interview with Scott Pelley. Scott Pelley asks the question, Biden just says, don't go, don't go, don't go. Scott Pelley, instead of having a follow-up question, answers the question for him. And yep. you'll see this time and time again with the media. If there was ever any doubt that the media, the corporate media, are just an extension of the Democrat Party, it was on full display right there. Yeah. You don't, if you're a journalist, you don't answer the question of the question <laughs> you just asked. Aren't you glad Mike Wallace is dead? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to look at this This travesty of what used to be uh i mean his deal he would never let him get away with that he, he would be poking him in the chest i believe yeah uh, you know uh, he'd be poking at him and saying you can't answer the question can you mr president uh you know i mean it's, i mean he just wouldn't let him get away with that i don't think no I, he wouldn't and 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 it's gotten to the point so much so where you see what tom is talking about and what you're talking about too it, the, the the media doesn't push them on it there's no follow-up questions did I get the answer I wanted? Nope, that's okay. Next question here. Uh, but but then when people do ask tough questions, and it could be of someone on the right or someone on the left, it doesn't matter, 
uh, it's usually someone on the the right who's getting the follow-up tough questions of course but but when they do then they're seen as bullies out there can you believe what this person did can you believe how tough this this person oh, was the during the interview of respect that they showed for the president they would never do that to donald trump that's, oh yeah <laughs> i mean th if that, donald trump that's was in that of... seat and he said that guys uh, that Pelly would have been on him like, you know what? You know he would have. What do you mean? There's no way you can enforce that, Mr. President. How are you going to enforce it? You know, what forces do you have in place? Uh, what are going to be the triggers? What's your end state if you get in a war? All of those questions would be asked, uh, and rightly so. Uh, but, uh, and they should be asked of any commander-in-chief president of the United States that's uh, putting so much of our blood and treasure in one spot uh, in order to, uh, you know, ensure national security. Yeah. Well, you brought up earlier, so two two carrier strike groups, show yep. of force happening there. You've got the U.S. who's now allegedly put 2,000 uh, troops on standby, standby to deploy to the Middle East. You've got a U.S. Marine rapid response uh, group that's supposedly off the waters and in play now, uh, off the shore of Israel, that is, and in play now. So, so a lot of this happening... Uh, what, when, when Tom asked this question earlier, we were talking, when's the last time that troops were, were put on standby for something? I mean, it does happen. I, I'm being a little bit facetious here. But when's the last time you saw people put on standby for something of this nature and then just, never mind, guys, go home? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Marine Expeditionary Unit uh, Emergency Standby uh, Reaction Force yeah. on the, on the uh, Amphibious Response Group? Uh, ships and all that, that flotilla, in addition to the two carrier right. <laughs> groups. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been so long that I don't remember when the last time one of them was moved into position in a, in a so-called emergency, quite honestly. I don't remember it. Yeah, it, well, it, it, it's, this is a unique thing. And, and again, there's there's certain things that has to happen. you got to have this show force. you got to show strength here. Something, something we've not done over the last several years right. is show strength. Uh, so so you see that but but it's just and you've got and by the way you've got biden who's apparently going there's it next week next wednesday some people are saying to visit israel that's going to make a huge impact i'm sure uh joe biden visiting israel i can't wait to see how staged that visit is <laughs> well not be... just that but it's a huge it's a huge strategic target if somebody is able to pull something off look guys you know before before it was publicly known that North Korea had actual nuclear weapons capable of hitting a target, launching and hitting a target, they already had more than one, okay? So this would be a, a, a tremendous time for Tehran and the mullahs to display their wares, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of hardware in, in the Eastern Mediterranean right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, the president of the United States going in there, it's pretty high risk. It's a high risk, even if it is Joe Biden. Uh, well, it's because it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is waiting in the damn wings. It's extremely high risk. Let me rephrase that. You know, I don't think it needs to happen right now. Uh, people get it because the hardware has moved into position and he's he's managed to say most of the right things to a point where we're seeing responses from the bad guys, the adversaries, right. uh, gover the government adversaries. Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I just, I don't think they ought to be doing it. It's just too high risk. You know, if maybe they want to fly Netanyahu out to one of the carriers and land him on a carrier. Oh, no, we don't want to do that with Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? I mean, they could take him over to Saganella. Uh, There's plenty of options. 
retreat or any of it, anywhere. Yeah. Plenty of options. Exactly. And here's the thing, too. If you're going to do this, and this has been U.S. policy. It's not just this administration, sadly. It's been kind of where we've been lately on so many things. If you're going to do it, if you're going to make a visit because you think it makes an impact, I would say you're wrong and that, to your point, it's not the right time. Do you really need to be announcing a lot of it? Like, I, mean, I remember so many times in Iraq and Afghanistan, you'd have the president or some senior official show up. It was an unannounced deal. So, so not, maybe not all the time, but a lot of the time it was, hey, last minute, we just found out and we'd find out at the agency where you know, a lot of the information flew because the so much of the security played in there. But it was last minute. It wasn't, hey, next Wednesday at about 8.30 p.m. Eastern uh, local, we're going to have the yep. president of the United States land. Uh, if you want to do something, that would be the time, wink, wink. Like, you, don't, you just don't yep. do that. No, you don't do that. I think the Democrats might have learned the wrong lesson from Donald Trump coming down during the floods of 2016 to Baton Rouge uh, and putting putting his boots on the ground during that presidential campaign, and Obama and Hillary Clinton didn't, and then Trump amazingly won the election, believe it or not. They may have learned the wrong lesson on that, but going into Israel, when they're engaged in a ground war, an air war for survival, for national survival, one that I believe is— uh, uh, requires for an objective of unconditional surrender of Hamas at this point that the the attack was that bad uh, and and what Israel is doing is proportional under the law of proportionality. It's not about numbers. Uh, it's about effect that was created with the attack on their state, and it created an effect that was that was uh, greater deaths of Jewish people, civilians than it has happened ever since the Holocaust. So. Uh, I think it's this is the right time for them to do that, and that the president of the United States is not going into some hurricane uh, recovery operation or something like that. Uh, and uh, it's not a good time. Or, not or a good even time. keep. You, know, you, you had you had that that staged shoot. Where oh the, God! With I the mean, air raid sirens. The air raid sirens. Where they're all everyone's calm though. Let's put those in in post production. Yeah. And, and but see, you... but see, the Russians are rational actors, and, and I know people are going to freak out with me saying that. But the same way the Soviet Union was a rational actor in the Cold War, Drew, the Russians are rational actors. They're not going to go after him. The mullahs and and obviously Hamas and Hezbollah. These people, the Islamo Nazis, are not rational actors. If they think they can get away with it, they're going to go after it. Yeah, one way or the other. No, there is. No. You're right. There's there's a C in between in between the two of them and how they they handle both operations and policy. Real quick on Ukraine, though, we just mentioned that I want to get into the the ground invasion and some of the stuff that's that's coming up uh, as it pertains to Israel. You had Zelensky who allegedly wanted to visit Israel and got shot down. What do you make of that? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is it his dancing? Is it, I don't know what it was, but I, I just, deep down, because I don't like Zelensky one little bit, and I don't make him out to be the hero that most of our country and the global population does, I just loved seeing him get shot down. Especially in the same time when Quentin Tarantino was allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, that's embarrassing right there. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the Israelis and the Russians have a very special relationship. They have a, a bilateral relationship that's uh, longstanding. Uh, many of the citizens of Israel are Jewish, uh, Russian Jews, so uh, and Slavic Jews. So uh, the, this relationship goes back a long ways. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not a communist nation anymore. Russia is not. It's, it's, 
actually, I don't know if you could call it a Christian nation, but they're Orthodox Christian. Even Putin is an ortho, says he's an Orthodox Christian at this point. So, you know, Christians have, have a certain set of beliefs about Israel, the state of Israel and the Jewish people uh, that, that garners a lot of respect and support for them when they're attacked. So if you notice Russia, Putin's been very quiet. You know, there've been a couple of things leaked out, but there's nothing directly uh, been leaked out that's not been some recording from a little bit ago and those kind of things. Uh, as far as anything that he or his government has even said about this. So uh, I think uh, them uh, not letting uh, Z-Man come in is the right thing for them to do to make sure that they're they're leveraging that special relationship with Russia to the max extent possible because, you know, we're going to talk about the ground war in just a second here. Uh, that is going to—you think the people have lost their minds now? Wait till this happens uh, because— it, it, I will be very surprised if the government of Israel doesn't demand the unconditional surrender of Hamas yeah, when they go yeah. in. I'll be very surprised because th this is, the, in the last 75 to 100 years, uh, other than World War II, this is the one conflict that I have seen where I would get, where I am saying out loud in public, unconditional surrender. They have to be treated the same way the German Nazis were treated. Yeah. Uh, Empire of Japan was treated. This, this was just too... Uh, it was, it was, I can't even, there, there are no pejorative words I can use that adequately describe what I think about what happened on October 7th. Uh, and, uh, and they deserve everything they're going to get. Uh, and they should be treated like a military force, uh, that uses terror tactics like they did. Uh, and, uh, and they should be treated as illegal combatants because they don't wear proper military uniforms. So all three of those require that, uh, in my opinion, the Israeli government should just call for their unconditional surrender. And, and then Hamas has the ability to stop the slaughter. Yeah. Because obviously they're using their own people as uh, human shields. Well, what's so well, funny, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. There, there's, look, there's been fighting between these two forever and a day, there, but this is, this is different. It was absolutely different. What, what, what we saw from afar and, and, and what they experienced and are still experiencing was so next level, the amount of evil behind it. And if you know extremists, and I know extremists very well, you know that this is who they are. This was actually a perfect picture for people to understand. This yeah. is who we've been fighting in the GWAT for the last 20 plus years. They're all yeah. like this. And you can't you can't treat them like you treat a traditional enemy. You can't treat this like a battalion of Russian soldiers or people from over here. They're animals. They just are. And that, that's that's the, the truth of the matter. I thought it was so funny how on, on day, like the first day after it, there, or maybe it was two or three, whatever, you, there's calls from Hamas like, well, we're open to a truce. Like, no, how about fuck yourself? Like, that's not happening. You, you don't get to do what you just did. Yeah. And then and then say, but we're open to something, you know, if you don't want to kill us like you brought whatever happens next, you brought on yourself. And what happens next is is the ground invasion portion of all of this, likely the war opening up on different fronts as well. But this ground invasion, too. I mean, this is going to be you look at the devastation that's happened in Gaza and devastation makes it seem like I'm disappointed by it. I'm not. It doesn't hurt my feelings whatsoever. I kind of get a little bit aroused by it when I see it. But you you see that and you you think about what what they're going to go into the Israeli troops. It is going to be nasty. The fighting, the urban warfare that happens in the setting that's been 
you know, partially created by the airstrikes in, in the aftermath of this attack. Yeah, we, we haven't seen a city uh, complex taken apart like this and then have friendly ground forces have to go in and clear it. Uh, uh, I think Fallujah was really the last one, but even it's not at the same scale. Uh, but, you know, you talk to anybody that was a ground force member uh, in the Fallujah operation when the Marines went in and had to retake it, uh, the, the thing they didn't have to deal with was a sizable uh, amount of civilians. Everybody pretty much, if you're there, you were an adversary uh, in, our, in our gun sites. So they didn't have to deal with that. But even that, in that case, you've seen the, the pictures and videos and talked to people, I'm sure, that were involved in that operation. I have a couple. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's not something they ever want to have to do again. Let's no. put it that way. Uh, but because the, the Israelis are bringing like Gaza City down uh, to the point where it looks a lot more like Dresden than anything else in modern warfare history, but they're still using precision targeting and trying to keep from killing civilians unnecessarily, giving warnings uh, and those kind of things. So what that does, the reason I bring that up is that it creates a, a terrain set of urban, uh, urban warfare of, of all this devastation and rubble, but still having buildings standing yeah. and still having underground infrastructure uh, uh, available to the enemy. Uh, and it's it's going to be, uh, you know, this is live TV, but I'll just say it, it's, it's going to be a shit show. Uh, however, I can't think of any ground force uh, that is better equipped from an experience and equipment capability uh, than uh, the IDF to go in and do this. Uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a game changer in military history going forward, I believe, uh, because this air operation is the first one where we really used every weapon as a precision weapon uh, at the level that these have, have been used. Nothing that's been done before uh, has been done by that type of capability. And you can see some of the strikes. You know, I'm a weapon ear by by profession uh, when it comes to bomb dropping and uh, you can see some of the some of the weaponeering actually in play when these buildings are hit they come down you know uh, and uh, the types of weapons that are being used and I'm not going to go into what I think I'm seeing as far as those go because I don't want to give the adversaries any ability to defend themselves because they deserve not to be able to defend themselves that's my opinion yeah. uh, as a professional uh, warrior it's uh, it's just abominable what they did to those 1,300 civi mostly civilians and women and children, a lot of them. Uh, well, and, I, and, and, that, and that number is, I think, just going to keep going up, sadly. The hostage numbers keep keep going up. I know, Tom, you had a question for— Yeah, you know. I did. Uh, getting back to when you were talking about Hamas acting like animals, I think that your characterization of them acting like animals is a bit disrespectful for animals because animals <laughs> don't kill in the savage way that these people did because animals usually eat what they kill. And also sure. animals aren't—they don't rape either, so— <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. Are we certain about that? I mean, I, I don't sure? know that we can. So I, so I would say when it comes to, you know, the animal kingdom, that Hamas is somehow below the animal kingdom when it comes. I would put that more in the demonic category. But the question I that I have for you guys is what Drew was talking about in dealing with people like Hamas and sure. fundamental jihadist Islamicists. 
I don't think a lot of people can wrap their heads around the fact that there could be a section of humanity, a segment of humanity, that is not reachable through regular conversation. So I think that's important if you guys could kind of expand on that, because most everyone's frame of reference when it comes to any sort of conflict resolution skill, even though it seems like by all the postings on social media that a lot of people in our own country have lost that skill of conflict resolution. But when you have it so ingrained in your, your being that you're not willing to negotiate and you would rather die to get your point across, I don't think a lot of people, especially in our country or in Western civilization, can relate to that. So can you expand on that a little bit more of what that mentality is? Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – you remember when I described the difference between Russia and the Ayatollah, you know, Putin and Russia and the Ayatollah, that Russia is a rational actor and, and uh, Iran is not a rational actor. They're going on the Sharia law and the Quran and the Taqiyya uh, and all of all of those precepts. Uh, and uh, these people, uh, I, I'm reminded of post 9/11. I was put in a group called the Future Operations Group, and the first thing we had to study was Muhammad's uh, history, all the way back in his history of conquering uh, neighbors, cities, other other tribes and those kind of things. And because uh, 9-11, the date is a, is a special date. October 7th is a special date to the Muslim world. Uh, and uh, they use these historical uh, lineages and, uh, and efforts to model their decision-making after. And the decision-making is not rational. Look, this is a religion that when taken to its extreme, kills the infidels because they're not believers. And if you decide you're going to believe, uh, they put you through a process that sometimes can even result in you not surviving it because you say the wrong thing or make the wrong turn and those kind of things. So it's a, there, it couldn't be more different than the rest of any historical civilized society. Even when we were out, out chopping each other up with swords, bows and arrows, and the Romans were roaming the earth and the, uh, and Genghis Khan uh, was out there. Uh, you haven't seen anything like this with these this modern weaponry and this savagery, savagery uh, that still exists in the rest of the world. Uh, and uh, it, it's just any rational person in a, that's objective in any sense whatsoever should look at this uh, these actions uh, and, and expect that they're not going to negotiate. Because it's not in their historical background, in their study of Muhammad, and all of the things that he did, and they follow it very closely in their decision making, uh, and, uh, and it's just not in their nature. In this virulent, extreme version of Islam, that I call the Islamo Nazis, uh, just like the German Nazi leadership, Hitler and his close inner circle, they were not going to negotiate. Uh, the emperor of Japan and his close circle were not going to negotiate. But this is worse because these people are continuing to do it in the 21st century. You just saw it. And that's why it's so so important to force an unconditional surrender through this military, uh, uh, military operation, this war. Israel really is at war. Uh, and, uh, and it's the right thing to be done for humanity's sake. Can you imagine... Uh, uh, an Iran or Iranian-led alliance 
that includes uh, you know, 12 nations armed with nuclear weapons like Pakistan uh, and those kind of places uh, and having to live in that world, knowing what we know about these people and what was just demonstrated on October 7th, it won't ever exist for very long. No, no, it won't. Well, and that's the concern and, yeah. and, and side point, which I think, which just, is, I don't know that it's interesting or it's not interesting, but you're saying, Tom, about how, uh, people are seeing maybe more about who these people are, who extremists are, jihadists are in general right now, and people who basically won't negotiate and are uh, to, are willing to to die rather than negotiate. What's crazy is we're seeing that in America right now. It's on different issues. There's not the it, it's not going to the level that happened on October seventh. I don't want to make any reference to that in that in that sense and belittle anyone's death. But the point is. Is you can't pe people are so unwilling to even negotiate here on issues, and it could be whether someone's a woman or not. It could be it could be on the most stupid shit ever, but but we're at that point now where essentially you could have a co conversation at a coffee shop. It wouldn't last long. It wouldn't go well if I was there. But but it's it, essentially it ends because there's there's no common ground. There's no commonality. There's no willingness to to negotiate on anything. We see it in D.C. too. Uh, it's it's just remarkable. But. But you're talking. You're right because we we no longer have a baseline for truth in our culture. The the yeah. baseline that we used to have for truth it has been wiped away. So if you can't, like you're saying, if you cannot decide what the difference, if there is a difference between a male and a female, and you have one side saying, "Wow, you know, the gender is a spectrum." You have no baseline that is, is grounded in truth. Therefore, any other conversation that happens from there can't take place because you just don't have that commonality. Yeah. There's no good faith effort anymore. None. You, you can't have a good faith effort when one side refuses to negotiate or discuss anything on the basis of facts and truth. And then they try to make laws to force you, the other side, who believes in freedom and all that stuff that they use against us, uh, to force you to believe in what you know is not to be true uh, uh, under penalty of losing your job or even going to prison uh, or death, quite frankly, because if you're not watching the demonstrations that have happened across this country since October 7th, uh, there are many college-age students out there, including Jewish students, uh, that are using the phrase, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That is a phrase of eradication goal and annihilation goal of the Jewish state and the Jewish people. It means from the Jordan River to the sea, Palestine will be free of Jews. Uh, and uh, they are out there chanting that slogan in the United States of America, uh, and it's not just the Muslims that have immigrated here, it's liberal college students like the nut jobs at Harvard that signed the letter that we're hearing so much about uh, uh, that are not only going along with it, they're supporting it financially and their parents to support it financially. So when you have a divide like that, where one side insists on not negotiating from the truth and the facts, while the other side uh, only negotiates from the truth and the facts because we've learned the hard lessons of losing our, our liberty over time in the last 75 years, you come to this place where we have a second amendment in this country, buy more guns and ammo, folks, 
Get yourself trained. Coordinate with your neighbors. Get your communities ready to defend themselves because I'm telling you, it's coming. Uh, and we're lucky it didn't go off on the on the big jihad day that happened, the day of jihad that Hamas called for, but they just weren't ready for it. And they know that in this country, there are over 300 million AR-15s in the hands of Americans that will defend what's theirs in their lives. Yeah. No, I, 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 and I'm so thankful that nothing happened that day, too, at least of, of substance, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, some big some big protests some big stuff, which are disappointing and shows the state of where we are. But we're so vulnerable. I was talking about it on some different shows that day on uh, whatever day that was, Friday, I believe. And <clears throat> it is going to come, to, to your point, Colonel. It, 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 it's, it, that, and that's such a sobering, disappointing, frustrating thought to think of, because all the people out there who are like, how could, to our conversation earlier, how could anyone act or behave like these people do? Well, they've been acting that way forever. You just haven't been paying attention. And then how could anyone come and do this and do these attacks on innocent Americans and, and, and have days of jihad, whether they're called for or they just happen, because that's who they are. That's who they are. We are their enemy, and, and they can't be happy or settle until we are no more, which is not going to happen, but it's going to be a painful thing, and it's absolutely going to happen. You look at the, the copious amounts of people, millions that have come across. You look at the age of them. The, the, the amount of military-age males, and you think—and and even we would have an issue even if that wasn't an issue, but it is a massive right. issue. You look at the invasion that's happening of our country, if, if you can sit back and think, oh, we'll be fine, nothing bad's going to happen, like, if you really think that, you're a dumb motherfucker. Like, that's just not—it's <laughs> just not true, and pardon my French, yeah. but that's how I feel about you, because— because it will, yeah. you, you can't just have all of these bad things happen and be like, oh, golly gee, nothing's going to happen here. Let's go down to the, you know, like, let's go to the lake and catch fireflies, which does sound fun right now. <laughs> and it's, it's night now, so maybe we could do yeah. that. But, but it's, it's just, it's so naive to think that. It's, it's going to pop off. And what the colonel was saying mm -hmm. about seeing college students now uh, going along with the protests with the Palestinians, it, it, the, these protests to me aren't really protests. They're more, they seem more like, a celebration of some sort, which is even more sickening to me. But within our society, we have, especially on college campuses, have instilled this victim-oppressor mindset. So mm -hmm. most college students now are looking at, at just our society in general. We have put so much stock in being a victim. And somehow the more victim status that you have, the higher your social status rises. And with, with, with that being a part of our society, of course these kids are going to be on what they perceive as being the side of, of, uh, of the victims and not of the oppressor. But mm -hmm. what, what this reminds me of, when I see these kids out, these college-age kids out there throwing in with Hamas, it reminds me uh, of that scene, the scene from Gran Torino when the uh, the Asian girl and Clint Eastwood's son are walking and they get surrounded by the three black guys and uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's son, well, it, it is a different character, but in real life it was his son, is like, hey, Holmes, what's up? And they're like, Holmes. And then Clint Eastwood gets out and goes, these guys don't like you and I wouldn't like you either. They're not your friends. You know, get your patty ass on down the road. That's yeah. what these kids in college don't realize, that these people that are, that, are, that are throwing in behind and celebrating Hamas, when it comes down to it, 
they don't want to be their friend. They just see them coming out as more numbers for them. They, for a lot of them, they hate those people that are marching with them right now. And the, the sad fact of the matter is those kids are so dumb, they don't even know it right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if y'all have heard about it, but the, the decolonizer movement, uh, I think it originated and got popular out of South Africa uh, and everything, which, you know, I'm not making a commentary on, on what was being done to uh, black folks uh, by that government and all that for years and years that was wrong. Uh, but this decolonizer movement uh, is uh, one where, you know, they're they're being taught that and indoctrinated with that at our liberal arts colleges and universities in the United States. And one of the comments that was made after October 7th on X by, uh, by I think it was a college professor here in the United States, I forget which school, was, well, did you expect the decolonization process to be peaceful and not result in the colonizers' lives being taken? I'm paraphrasing now. Right. But that was the... the the idea of the comment, uh, and there's been an explosion of those comments, and they talk about that at their speeches at these rallies, too. Uh, so these kids have been indoctrinated in that to the point where only 27% of that age group that's in college now uh, thinks that uh, Israel should be supported and that that uh, Hamas are the adversaries that did a horrendously wrong uh, action that should be uh, number one, prevented from ever happening again and be held accountable. Number two, uh, only 27% of the uh, kids in America at that age group believe that, whereas at the age 65 or over, it's up in the 80%, and, and uh, you know, 50 to 65, it's like 54%. So you can see in those brackets that the, the effect of the indoctrination that's happening, and it's a Marxist, Islamist, uh, type of indoctrination using things like you've heard before, critical race theory, decolonization theory, settler theory, uh, gender here in the U.S., gender theory and queer theory. And those are all Marxist concepts, but the decolonizer one has come out of the first South Africa and then the Palestine uh, movement. Uh, and uh, they're flat out saying it, even our people are, that you should expect that the colonizers are going to get killed when we decolonize uh, these lands. It's absolutely crazy, uh, you know, and it just makes you makes the American in me want to go, okay, bring it. Yeah. Well, but, but here's the thing. It's like so <laughs> you know? many other issues, right? They, they are able yeah. to say that, well, you know, you, you guys are colonizers. You should have seen this coming. Yeah. Our violence is justified. Okay, cool, Scooter. Yeah. Here's the deal. You just killed all those people. And that same argument works now for when we come and kill mm -hmm. Hamas and and force everyone out of that territory. It, it, you can't have it. You can't have it that way where you, you think that you yeah. can say that and then it doesn't work the other way. That is how they think and that's how they feel, which is what's so jacked up. But it's like, yes. what did you think? And that's one of the big arguments out there now. You hear it from our dumbass politicians in D.C., particularly squad members. Well, you shouldn't punish all the Palestinians. What Hamas did was wrong, but we shouldn't punish all of them. Well, I understand what you're saying in your heart. Some of you, some of you are just are so fucking dumb that it doesn't even matter. But like, I understand the, 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 the softer ones and what you're trying to say, but it doesn't work that way. You guys have all supported them forever. You've supported Hamas. You've supported Islamic Jihad. You've been okay with what Hezbollah has done up in the North. You've been okay with all of this stuff. It doesn't work that way. Is, is there, are there some good 
Palestinians out there? I'm sure there are. Just like I'm sure there's some decent people crossing our border illegally. But you can't look at it that way. It's got to be, what is the threat? What is, what is the reality here? And the reality is, is there probably are some good Palestinians. But you guys have backed the wrong side for a long time. And then you just were a part, whether you wanted to be or not, of one of the most heinous things we've seen in our lifetime. I mean, and we've, there's been some atrocities out there, but this was so next level. And I just, anyone who's like, oh, but, but don't you feel bad for them? No, I don't. I just don't. Oh, the moral equivalency arguments uh, are just, uh, they're absurd. I won't entertain them. I block everybody that comes on my social media and even tries it. Uh, uh, I'm not going to debate with somebody that, that's stupid uh, to try that, number one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's its just, uh, you know, I, I live in a state of disbelief now when I, look at, when I listen to some of the things that people say, Drew, because uh, they're just nuts. You they know, are. they it's don't so live hard. in reality, right. and the reality is, is that uh, Israel, the state of Israel, has has been forced to go to war now, and they should. I hope they call for unconditional surrender, uh, and their force array that I'm looking at uh, uh, is uh, going to make that happen, I believe. Uh, and anybody that tries to compare this with, well, you guys couldn't get it done in Afghanistan. I actually had that argument. That tells me that that person has no freaking idea of the geography and the, the geopolitical situation in Afghanistan that's been going on for the last 500 years, you know, or more back to Alexander the Great, because it's a totally different, uh, just the geography of it, you know, the Israelis are on two sides, the other side's the sea, and the other side's the Egyptians, and the Egyptians don't want the damn Palestinians in their in their country any more than anybody else does because you can't trust them because they do things like this. Right. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, some innocent people are going to be killed, but the polling shows that 77% of the average Palestinian agrees with what Hamas is doing. That's why they keep voting for them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, would you look at me uh, post or during World War II and say, you need to feel bad for the German citizens because uh, they're not responsible. It's the army and the air force and the navy and Hitler that's doing this. Well, bullshit. I call bullshit on that uh, uh, because it's not true. Without the citizenry, they would never have been able to pull off the Holocaust. And everybody that's a thinking person knows that. And without the citizenry in Gaza keeping their butts in office, they elected them, yeah. and they keep reelecting them. Uh, those guys wouldn't have been able to pull that off. So baloney. Yeah. Unconditional surrender. Make them unconditional surrender, and if they don't, well, drive them to where they have to. Right. Eventually, well, I, you can do that. You, you mentioned Egypt not taking them too, and 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 other people not. I, what what people fail to think about too with this all this this the the discussion and the argument that's going on about oh you know you should feel bad for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, and for all the reasons we just described, but also, have you noticed, have you paid attention to, none of the surrounding countries want these people. Everyone has said, not only no, but hell no, we don't want them. That should tell you something as well about the, 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 the position of the people, the temperament of the people, all of that stuff. And, and I think it's an important piece that always gets lost in the sauce. It just, it just is. Even the Iranians haven't opened their doors up for them. Yeah, but they're the ones that fund Hamas and Hezbollah. Right. Yeah, you guys yeah. go cause havoc, yeah. wreak havoc down there. We'll we'll support it. We'll send you rockets. We'll send you ammunition. All yeah. that kind of stuff. But if we don't want your yeah. freaking people. No, no, no. You guys are crazy.
Um, it's but. always funny, too, when they talk about decolonization, because it's only a decolonization of any sort of Western influence. If you take a look at <laughs> Saharan Africa and all the Islamic republics are there, there is never a call for the decolonization of those countries, because I, at some point, those countries were over—the tribes that lived in those countries were overrun to, uh, so an Islamic republic could be formed. So you never— ever hear about those kind of decolonizations yeah i, I was uh, a kid in morocco uh, from not age nine to 12 so late 60s very early 70s and that was my first uh, up close and personal with muslims uh but also with extremist islamo nazis too because they tried to they, you know they tried to kill the monarch twice through the armed forces because they had infiltrated the armed forces the air force one time and the army uh one time, so uh, uh, it's a uh, my history with them goes back a long way, and uh, that's exactly right. They're not going to decolonize that; they want that land, and they're going to keep that land. You know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, Colonel, you've given us a lot of your time. We really appreciate it. Um, we know you've had a busy day. It's always a busy day. Everyone wants your time, and you're always so generous with giving it. So. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us tonight, getting, giving your insight on all of this craziness over there for sure. No doubt we'll, we'll come back to you on this. Uh, make sure you guys note Colonel's newest, newest time here, 4 p.m. Had a great guest today. Had a you know, great show, always a great show, the Colonel Rob Maynard Show. So check that out. Colonel, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. We hope you have a good rest of your night. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good fight. Maybe someday we'll be able to uh, have a show just on the peace process and uh, that be the nice? successful <laughs> peace in Israel. <laughs> Let's hope and pray for that, my friend. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys are following Colonel Rob Manis. You probably already are. He's a rock star, uh, but give him a follow on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it. We're going to toss it here to a quick break as we head into the second hour of the show. But before we do, I just I want to throw out our question of the day. Um, which is this. We're going to get some, some world news stuff, some other stuff when we come back. But the question is this. Would you hire, keep in mind all that's going on with this, right? Would you hire someone who supports Hamas? We're not saying that they're actually in Hamas or picking up arms. But the question is, would you hire someone who supports Hamas? Let us know your answers. We will tell you our responses as well. We'll do that. We got a, we got a ton of stories. We're actually running behind. We got a ton of stories to get to. That's all coming up right after the break. Stick around. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over in. 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? 
Have you been threatened with levies or have unfiled returns? The IRS is hiring 87,000 agents to boost IRS collections, and they have the power to seize assets, freeze bank accounts, and they can even take your home. Tax Network USA can help you today before it's too late. Our CPAs and certified tax experts have proven strategies that work for taxpayers time and time again. These same strategies have saved over $500 million in back taxes, permanently resolving tax debts for good. Stop collections and get relief today before it's too late. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books, they are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember... The land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. This one's on me, bud. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. All right. Well, welcome back. Here we are. Reminder question of the day was, would you hire someone who supports Hamas? Again, they don't have to strap a bomb on their chest or pick up an AK. Just the question is, would you hire someone who supports Hamas? Whether it's on social media, 
they go to one of these stupid ass protests that are happening whatever the case might be let's get to some some answers that are out here um <clears throat> we've got hey jackie by the way i didn't see jackie come in who, who says first answer i saw no double exclamation point debbie says absolutely not porous typo hell no nope not hiring says barb not just no but hell no says texas panhandle patriots um <clears throat> barb i'll try and come back to your question that i just saw there in a second hey jill by the way good to see you um <clears throat> mostly knows mostly knows trying to look over here on some of the other platforms too many platforms to look at um but so far so far no surprise i didn't expect us to get in the yes i stand by people who support hamas and their feelings <laughs> I, I didn't expect to get any of that tom what's what's your answer more importantly why is your answer why i mean would you support the sinaloa drug cartel no right no although i'm kind of intrigued <laughs> kind of intrigued about working for them because there's good money in it there's intrigue but no i wouldn't actually i wouldn't i wouldn't do it right I, there, there's a couple of things that are no fly zones for me uh supportive terrorist organizations is, is one of those when, when it comes to a hiring practice and the other hiring practice would be pronouns so if you are in support of a terrorist organization and demand to have your pronouns used then you i'm gonna say i'm gonna pass on your resume 100 percent. and you know it not only has to do with just the fact that you're supporting a terrorist organization also leads me to believe that the type of person that would support said tor tor uh, terrorist organization is not somebody that i would want to have in the building working with other employees yeah. because that says a lot about your judgment and the fact that you will probably end up being a cancer for everybody here, everybody in the business. But I think the way that you know, the Gen Z is, they, they firmly believe that whoever hires them is lucky to have them, and the whole business needs to figure out the best ways to accommodate them. Right. It has to revolve around that. Right. And I think uh, Bill Ackman, I, I think the stand that he's taking is a wake-up call because now the cancelers are becoming the canceled and they don't like it. It's, yeah. No, I, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, and and it's the same, it is the same thing for both. Uh, that, that's one of the, I mean when it comes to let's go to the pronouns right because it's a little easier to talk about than than someone who supports I, I mean just don't hire someone who supports terrorists and or might be a terrorist that's a that's a common sense <laughs> would thing. you hire somebody that supported the taliban or al-qaeda yeah. or isis no no i hunted and 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 hurt them for a living um so yeah i mean that that's a good question you should you should you should get it out there by the way it's not a bad question what's ridiculous is these days you can't ask that well that goes against this labor law <laughs> asking if they're a terrorist that might one day detonate in our office is against the rules but but the the, the pronoun stuff i mean that is the biggest thing no one cares really i mean we do no one wants you to have these stupid pronouns that aren't real and don't actually align with reality but the, the biggest issue with it is, in terms of a workplace, is I think we've actually had that question before, would you hire someone who has pronouns on their, their resume? And the answer was also, just like for a terrorist a, or a supporter of terrorism, a resounding no. 
because those types of people make everything about them you you've already you've already slashed the are you a team player box you've taken that <laughs> part and lit a match to it and burned it down it's like no clearly you're not going to be a team player you're all about you no that's not true yes it is stop it it's very true you don't know who you are i'm hiring you for a specific skill set anything other than that sp- skill set i don't want to know it has no bearing on your job performance. And for people to get obsessed by that and say, oh, you have to do this because this is me. And if you don't, you're a horrible person and I'm going to burn your company down. Yeah. You don't want that person in your organization. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. Unless unless you're a terrorist organization, at which <laughs> yeah. point then that makes a lot of sense for you. Your hiring practices are different than harsh they just are and and they should be i'm a i'm a hard no also um just not doing it again i don't feel bad and i i I almost feel bad that i don't feel bad about palestinians but i just don't you you've been a part of this for a long long time most of you not all there's there's no absolutes in anything i get that I, i i preach that a lot but you've known about all of this stuff forever and if you're, if you're, I'm pro this, I'm pro this. In the case of this question, I'm pro Hamas. Like, I, I definitely don't feel bad for you. But even if you're like, well, I don't support everything they do. But it's like, but do, have you called for their, their removal? Have you called for the end? Of, unless you're a Palestinian who's like, I denounce all these people and I think they should all be tried and hung. Like, I don't, I don't think you can be trusted. You're, you're, you. But how many of those people are scared to say something like that? And I'm sure there's some of those. Yeah. I'm sure there are. Like, I, 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 again, you, we can't live in this world of absolutes. There has to be some out there for sure. Right. But what, what always gets my attention is the fact that you have all these refugees and no country in that region, Egypt, Jordan, will take any of these refugees, any of these Palestinian refugees. Right. So that gives me a lot of pause of going, okay, what's going on here? Are these countries using these people as human pawns just to get them killed? Or is it the fact that these people are so out of control that none of these countries want to deal with them? Either way, it's bad news. And I just can't, for the life of, my, the, for the life of me, figure out which one it is or if it's a combination of both. I don't know. And I'm sure there's probably some that are that some that fit in both of those categories. <laughs> like, but um, OK, let's do this. Um, <clears throat> let me just tell one of our TDs here something. But um, we're, we're going to get to some more news here, some news that I wanted to get to in the last hour. Uh, but we had such a great conversation with with Colonel Manus. And again, we're so grateful to him for for coming on as always. But this second hour. If you, if you didn't notice, folks, particularly you Drew Crew folks who are here, and we thank you for coming here during the new time here, but uh, if you didn't notice, that first hour was commercial-free. This second hour, commercial-free as well. This time brought to you by The Wellness Company. We are living in times where being prepared is not just a convenience. It is a necessity, whether it's geopolitically in, you know, in, instability that's going on out there, threats of war. We're seeing a little bit of that right now. Or just the increasing occurrence of natural disasters. You can never be too prepared. And let's face it, folks, our government hasn't been doing a great job ensuring our safety. I think we can all agree on that. So it's up to us to take matters into our own hands. 
That's why I'm super excited to introduce to you this medical emergency kit from our friends at The Wellness Company. High-quality doctors are involved with TWC, The Wellness Company, including Dr. Peter McCullough. They provide top-quality wellness products. And let me tell you, they've outdone themselves with this kit. You've seen commercials on the RVM network. You've seen commercials before on our show for this kit. It contains a range of prescription medications like ivermectin, antibiotics, stuff that can prepare you from everything from COVID to the plague. And the best part, these prescriptions are available through telemedicine. So you don't even have to leave your own home to consult with a medical professional. This is the future of emergency preparedness right here. It is designed to cover a whole range of scenarios, whether it's natural disasters, hurricanes, all that stuff, another pandemic, whatever the case might be. So if you're sitting there wondering if you need this, let me make it simple for you. You absolutely do. Because the question isn't if an emergency will happen, it's just a matter of when, right? And when it does, wouldn't you rather be the person who's prepared rather than the one who's scrambling around when it's too late? So go check out this must-have medical emergency kit from the wellness company. You can get it now at rvmemergencykit.com. That's rvmemergencykit.com. Stay safe, stay prepared, and be ready for whatever is coming. You're going to be glad that you've, you've got that kit. Okay, let's do this. There's some world news that we needed to get to. We're going to stay across the pond. We talked to Israel. Let's get into some other, uh, some other world news right now. make it into the new bumper there at the end with our m4s yes <laughs> you're welcome hamas we're kidding we don't like you uh you're all gonna die soon um but let's get to some of these things there's a couple clips that i want to go to that i was going to get to with rob and it starts actually with this one because as as we're on the precipice of yet another war and to think that we're not involved obviously to, to some extent is 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 ridiculous and ludicrous but as we do that, you, you think of, okay, well, all right, this one actually, uh, people are a little bit more in, in emotionally invested in this because we've got a huge Jewish population in this country. Israel is one of our staunchest, most strong allies. And Aren't we supposed to vote on war? I thought that was... Yes, no, we haven't done that since World War II, though, Tom. Okay, yeah, we don't it. do that anymore. Yes, we, there's workarounds now. But, but you, 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 you get the point, in this case... Israel, you can see some people being like, well, I support this one more. And, and there's, there's reason for that. But you've got China and Taiwan on the brink. You've got over $100 billion spent on Russia and Ukraine, which most people don't support. And if you still do, you're an idiot. And, and you've got in the process of that, all of our reserves being depleted, our economies in tatters. Azerbaijan and the Armenians. Azerbaijan and the Armenians. No one paying attention to that. We're going to talk about that, by the way, this week. So there's, there's all these, these different fronts opening up. And with that, you should say, okay, well, do we have the military personnel to handle this? Well, recruiting's down. Do we have the resources, though? Well, all of our reserves are down in terms of ammo, weapons, equipment, gas is down. I mean, like, we're, we're hurting in a lot of fronts. And, and also, by the way, do we have money? Can we afford to go to a 84-front war? Well, listen to Janet Yellen, who says we absolutely can afford another war. 
what this all means. Paul Tudor Jones, the famed investor, was on CNBC this week and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the US is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II with debt to GDP at 122 percent. Can, can America, can the West afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well. No, it's not. <laughs> How many times can Janet Yellen get up there in one of her blazers and lie to us and tell us how good things are when we're all seeing and experiencing just how bad it in fact is? And and look, maybe you could say we could, I don't know what data she's looking at because you have to presume, you would think, Secretary of Treasury, she's got good data, right? It's right in front of yeah. her. But this is the same woman who tells us time and time again that things are going great when they in fact aren't. So maybe, maybe you could do this for several weeks or months. You cannot have a sustained effort where you're fighting the entire Middle East, because that's probably where this freaking thing's going to go, and Russia, and then eventually China. Right. Like, no, like, said no one ever. You don't, you, it doesn't work that way. Well, when you're a member of the political bourgeoisie, everybody in your orbit is, they're all doing fine. It's everybody else that they don't have contact with, unless it's a gardener or a cleaning person or, or part of their staff. But then the political bourgeoisie never interacts with their staff, unless they're going to drown them in a paddleboarding accident. So for somebody like her to say that the economy is doing fine, she could say that all she wants because she is a true believer in modern monetary theory where you just have to print more money. We've got tons of money. We've got a printing press. Let's just print more. Right. She's a true believer in that. And as long as she keeps believing, as long as that that's her mindset and the fact that she's not affected by anything in the economy and her friends aren't affected by anything in the economy in the enemy class that she's a part of it, it doesn't matter they'll keep going they'll, they'll they'll drive this train right off the cliff yeah i sadly i say i usually do i was gonna say i sadly agree with you but i usually do too so it's not really a different situation here but let's talk about this too because on this front on the the economic front right with with war comes chaos and we were going to get into this with with another a second guest tonight. We're going to we're going to talk to him later in the week because there just was a, a little bit of a conflict there. But but with 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 this war and, and any war, there's always conflict. But particularly when you have war in the Middle East, right? You just do. And what does the Middle East have? What does the Middle East have that we need and we want? Sand. Yes, you got it. No, it's not <laughs> sand. It's it's definitely not sand. Uh, but it's oil, right? And you've got Qatar saying, you, well, let's just play this clip here real quick, and then, and then we'll talk about it. أن قضية فلسطين بدأت بوصفها قضية شعب اقتلع من أرضه وشرد من وطن. First and foremost, if you don't speak Arabic, you're just SOL. Just SOL. I don't really speak it anymore either, because in traditional government standards and, and terms, they taught me Arabic and then sent me to Afghanistan where they speak Dari. Um, that's how it works. That's <laughs> hey, Tom, the government for we'd you. <laughs> love to. We'd love to teach you Chinese, Tom. 
and then we're going to send you on a PCS assignment to Brazil. That, when I first got into Afghanistan with the uh, uh, Green Beret A team from Third Group, they were they were all fluent in French <laughs> because well up until nine eleven that was their area of operation right. was uh, uh, West Africa so. That made sense, but it was just weird going there, going, "Yeah, we're all fluent in French." <laughs> that's 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 literally the uh, that's how we work. I I had a um, well, it's a, it's a dumb story. I'm not going to go into it, but, but that's literally how we work. Um, but what what he was saying, you've got Qatar threatening to cut off international gas in in support of of Palestine. And, and, and that's what he was talking about. They're threatening the West, saying, hey, here's the deal. If this thing keeps escalating, we're going to screw you over, and it's going to jack up prices. And, and they know that we are no longer energy independent, which we were on the path to being, and we should be now, but we're not. Thanks, Joe. But this, this is the thing, too. So you've got Janet. You've got Janet Yellen in the clip before saying, okay, we can afford this. Don't, no, no big deal. We can afford another war. Well, first of all, no, you can't. Second of all, if this does escalate, the levers that the folks in the Middle East can pull to, to, to put us under more pressure and make things hurt more is so devastating with, with, with how much they control because of, of all the oil and, and, and what it does to gas prices and to the economy writ large. I mean, it's not because it's not just gas, right? It's sending goods to and fro. It's, it's all of this. It's It's... So, so this is an interesting thing. Now, I don't know. I don't know where, where Qatar ends up on this, where, where this actually happens. Do they actually do it? But they've got a pretty good FU card that they can play. Right, which is hilarious because they've never taken any Palestinian refugees. Right. And the ones they did have, they expelled from their country. So it just— I. Again, the Palestinians are being used as pawns by everybody in this, by Hamas, by other Islamic republics in the region. It's just it's it's maddening. It's like nobody nobody wants the Palestinians to come live where they live or share their land. They just want them to be the arch nemesis to to Israel. And that's it. Period. But I mean, did. Do you think this actually happens? I mean, between them and Saudi, Saudi's starting to get more uh, involved in conversations. You had Saudi talking to Iran the other day. I mean, this could be kind of that backdoor. Joe and Pete would love, you know, the whole backdoor. Like, this could be one of those things where we really do get screwed. Right. And I think that Putin will play a big role in this. Yeah. If he can somehow convince Qatar, Saudi Arabia, just to go... Put the screws to them. I'll help you out later on when we when during during bricks. You can be a part of it. You can make more money than you've ever imagined before in your entire life. We've got them while they're down. We've got the, your great Satan, my arch enemy, on the ground. I've got we've got our boot right over their throat. Just go ahead and ratchet it up, and we'll crush that Adam's apple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if I'm Putin, I totally do. And I think that's totally happening behind the scenes because they play the game differently than we do. They, they, they look at the entire picture. They play the long game. And, and I'm not saying that we get everything wrong. Don't, don't hear me wrong on this. I, I do think that we do a lot of things right. Some of the things we're doing now, as we talked about with Colonel earlier, in terms of the show of force and all of that. 
those are, some of them are the right moves. Are they going to end up well or work out in our favor? Don't don't know. I'm not saying that, but 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 Russia and and what you're going to have Xi do do in China now um, in terms of pressure he puts. I mean, all of these things and the way that they play the game, they just play it differently than we do, uh, and and it ends up helping them a great deal. Uh, last well, not last thing, but another thing, just kind of in this realm. I, we talked a lot about the people we had with the question of the day actually kind of ties into this. This kind of ties into our conversation with Manus and the question of the day and people who su support Hamas or not just Hamas, but other extremist groups uh, or, or people who are big time supporters and are, are intertwined with groups such as Hamas. Hey, Captain Rock, by the way, good to see you. You've got a woman from my home state, my birth state of Minnesota. We're not going to go super far into this, but you've got a woman from Minnesota who is a big-time supporter of the Palestinian effort, their freedom, pushing back against Israel, all those things. Loved it. Loved, loved Palestine. Loved the notion of Palestine. And you know what happened to her? She was killed by Hamas. You know why? Because they don't care whether you care or not. I, it just that we talked about this earlier today. It that doesn't matter. Yeah, but I'm on their side. No, you're not. No, you're not. You might think that you are, and that's cute. But you are not on their side. You can support any any issue you want out there. But when it comes to something like this, and particularly when it comes to to extremists or jihadists, oh, I well, I understand their plight, so I'm on their team. No, they will behead you on sight, right? Because you are a Western chick who says oofda and you betcha. And I'm not making fun of that. I grew up saying that shit too, okay? But like, but that that's, that's just how it works. And I'm not celebrating her death either. I wish she was not dead. But this is a good reminder that you, you pretending that you're so noble taking their side, guess what? Look who killed you, the people you were supporting. Right. You know, it, about 30, 30, yeah, 30 years ago or so, I was dating this chick who... It, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> it, it doesn't go anywhere weird. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, but I could make it go weird. No, let's just... No, let's keep it straight. Okay. So I was dating this chick, and there was one thing that I could never get past with the relationship, and I actually was the ending of the relationship because at the time, you know, the IRA was, you know, in Northern Ireland, the IRA was still going on and detonating bombs and this and that, and... And I remember her telling me that she would often donate money to the IRA. The IRA. And it, that was something that I could never get past. The fact that you would be, you know, and that's one of those things where a lot of sort of European people, you know, they have very strong opinions of it, where the British shouldn't be in Northern Ireland, so the IRA is justified in what they're doing and, and so forth, but it doesn't have, you know, the historical context that goes as, for, as far back as the Muslims and the Jews in the Mideast. But I remember for myself, it, it was very hard for me to be with somebody that was sending money to finance the killing of innocent people. Right. And that eventually just led to the, you know, the dissolving the relation. I had to break up with her. It was just, it became too much. So I think you made the right move. Yeah, and that, that, that's how I feel about, you know, like this woman who's like throwing in on this, the, the killing of innocent people. And I know a lot of people were going to debate back and forth about, you know, who's, who's being killed more. But in this one instance, you know, this one attack, you know, it, it's to me, there's a bigger picture. 
But when you're just looking at this one attack, to me, it's simple from this one attack of, of what's going on and what the response is. You know, but we, I mean, we could go down a whole different <laughs> rabbit hole of, you know, uh, of, you know, where was the intelligence failure? Was it on purpose? Was it just, you know, you know, that, that whole, there's so many different, you know, this is such a hot button topic with so many people that it, it's literally walking through eggshells that have IEDs underneath them. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it is. And which is the perfect description for this. <laughs> But I mean, but it, when it comes to the, I mean, first of all, you got to date people who <laughs> agree with you spiritually and politically these days. I mean, I think you always have, but, but when it comes to this, <clears throat> everyone wants it to be more nuanced and, and kind of going back to our earlier conversation. Here's the deal. Magellan, Tom dated some strange chicks. <laughs> um, yes. Tom's got the best stories. He's dated some strange chicks. Uh, he's found the right one now. Um, but there's no, there's, there's really no in between. I, I like to say I've said it already today. I don't think there's, I don't believe in absolutes and a lot of, of, of fronts. But when it comes to like an issue like this, there's, there's really just two sides. So you got to pick a side. You can't be like, well, I hope that they just get along sometime. Have you seen how that's worked? It's not going to. That can be your side, but then your voice doesn't really matter. So if you're going to pick the other side, then pick the other side. Otherwise, you're going to pick Israel and you're going to say, okay, these people are this. You're animals. They're going to look at Israel and say, they're animals. They're colonizers. Okay. But that, my point is, is you, there's two sides. There's two sides to this. Anyone in the middle doesn't really have a voice. And anyone that thinks in the middle that maybe we can get these guys to work this out, you're just not paying attention. You never have. No. Anwar Sadat got assassinated because of it. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the good news. Back here at home, John Kirby, who's not the most uneloquent speaker. He's just not overly smart. Man, he's really sold out over the years. He's a fucking dick, man. He really I, is. I can't. I In the beginning of this, I gave him the benefit of the doubt just because, you know, he's got a, a, a huge military career. And it's just he just he's a schmuck, man. He, he is just one of those people that gets into D.C. and is just turned into absolute bad news man he has drank the kool-aid he's on board with you know whatever sort of authoritarian government that we're turning into he just loves every moment of it well he he, he does he totally is, he's he's bought in hook line and sinker for his benefit part of the dc machine i mean he says i think i think it's this clip he says in this clip that global warming is a more scary bigger existential threat than nuclear war. Take a listen. I, I, I want to play this soundbite for you that is just last month in Vietnam and ask you if this still holds for the president. Watch. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. 
Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged on, does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It, could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's I don't know how more existential you can get to that, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of but the John, world. You mentioned he, he said it was more frightening than a nuclear war. Is that it's more frightening than a nuclear war in this moment? The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the, all of human life on the planet. That's just science. That's a fact, Martha. But it doesn't mean that we turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world. We <laughs> okay, Tom, I, let yes. me pose this question to you. Do you find the threat or thought of a threat, I don't know that we have a legitimate threat there, of of global warming being scarier than nuclear war? I'm going to have to go no, because Jeff Bezos just bought what a $62 million house on the ocean. He, no, he bought his neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah. He already had one. He was like, I want yours too, and, and, and bought it. Right. Well, Kirby's saying that, you know, it's an existential, existential threat over time. Did you did you catch that? It's like, OK, well, you're, you, Biden's saying, you know, 20 years, then it's 10 years. Then, you know, we've been hearing this for the last 50 years. Right. And so, yeah, you know, Kirby is correct when he says, yeah, it's like ex existential over time. That could be anywhere from 100 to 3,000 years from now. And do I think 3,000 years from now that the planet might heat up and all life forms are, are going to be wiped away from it? Sure. There was an ice age. Yeah, the, the, I believe that the climate is cyclical and, the, and that the Earth every so often has the need to, to expel whatever it is and then regenerate itself. That, like with hurricanes, I believe that when, when you get all this crud that, that's built up along the coasts of Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and, and South Carolina and North Carolina, and then comes hurricane season, it's a way for Mother Nature to cleanse itself with the hurricane coming in, pulling everything out, and giving, giving the coastal areas time to regenerate growth again for the environment yeah. so uh, this whole thing that you know now I'm, i was reading an article today that remember back in the day we were told that aerosols are going to put a hole in the ozone layer now we're being told that the lack <laughs> the lack of using aerosols is contributing to global warming or climate change <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with it. It is. It's hard to keep up because it keeps going in a circle. Right. It's like, okay, we we told everybody, you know, A was going to happen. A doesn't happen. Okay, we got to pivot to B now. That's why we've seen you know, it went from global warming to climate change. Well, it went from you know, glo global cooling to global warming and then to climate change. Once we had that one winter where DC was snowed in, it was like, well, this is climate change because, you know, we're just having all kinds of like radical weather from, you know, uh, really harsh and bitter cold winters to, you know, the, the highest, you know, temperatures on record for the summertime. So it's just like, all right, it was just at that point that when it, when it, 
when it went to climate change, it was like everyone was like, fuck it. Where's the kitchen sink? Where is everything? We're throwing it in there. It's going to be, you know, just one blanket thing that's going to kill all of us. And we're calling it climate change yep. because no matter what the weather does, we can always point back to climate change for it. And now it's a bigger threat, according to John Kirby <laughs> and the White House. The nuclear war. Yeah, and the fact that Biden's bony little fingers <laughs> has, has is his bony little fingers are on the button to launch nukes. That should terrify you more than anything else that has to do with the weather. It does. The only saving grace is there's no way in hell he can read. You know, he pulls the card out of his his, his coat pocket that he can read those numbers. Uh, uh, where are my cheaters? Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's pivot. We've got threats. Climate change, not one of them, but we've got threats. Nuclear war is one of them. It's, it's a hopefully never going to happen, but there's, there's greater prospects of it every day that we keep the, the Russia-Ukraine war going on as we potentially get involved with, with China as war erupts potentially throughout the Middle East. Praise God, it is right now confined to Israel and, and, and Palestine. Uh, or, or what they believe to be Palestine, uh, but it, it, it's always out there. But we're going to go to Africa for this next story because Putin and Xi, man, they keep expanding there like it's nobody's business. I know we talk about it a lot. We're going to just touch on this real quick, but I think it's an important story that gets lost in the sauce with everything else that's going on. This is uh, our Africa News Today bump. Let's go back to the continent known as Africa that no one cares about, but we talk about here on the show because it's important. There's a lot going on there. It's a mineral. It's a resource-rich continent. There's tons of military stuff going on, obviously the coup in, in Niger that's happened, so many other things that have gone on. But the bigger story with all of it has been who the players are behind the scenes. China's been strip mining throughout. They're super involved there. You've got Russia who's come in and is getting more strategically involved whether it's for oil, other resources, for military partnerships throughout the region. And, and the latest move is you've got Putin, who is going to support and build a nuclear power plant in Burkina Faso. So they're diving in, putting all sorts of resources into this continent. And a lot of, a lot of people are saying, even probably in the show tonight, uh, or whenever you're listening or watching the show, saying, who cares? Who cares about Burkina Faso? I would just say who cares about them now is maybe a question, but you've got to pay attention to these, these, these longer-term relationships that are being built, the strategy behind them, and, and the way that Putin and Xi and China, both separately and, and together, depending on the issue, are playing it, and how we're, we're just not as focused on it, because we're focused on this shiny ball here. This shiny ball over here and as that's happening and we get distracted and we're depleting ourselves of of military resources we're crushing our economy which they're playing a huge part in too by the way with with not only their their partnership their friendship the but the greater BRICS alliance all of that you you've got all those things happening 
And and meanwhile, they're saying, okay, where do we want to be in 20 years in this part of the world? Where do we want to be in 50 years in this part of the world? What do we have to do to set the stage for that now? And they're doing it. And and they do it, and they do it in plain sight, and everyone's like, kind of like some people probably are in the show. Like, who cares about Burkina Faso? Who cares about Niger? Who cares about what's going on in the southern part of the continent down there? I think that's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing to uh, to not pay attention to what's going on that continent. And to me, I think one of the bigger plays that Putin's making toward the uh, West Africa is down along the coast of West Africa, especially Nigeria. Uh, I'm not sure about Cote d'Ivoire or like Benin or Togo, but Ni- Niger- Ni- Nigeria in particular has a lot of oil production there. And I think there's also not the same amount in those other countries I listed, but a pretty good amount. You come in and you build a nuclear power plant in Burkina Faso. My guess is going they're going to build it in Ouagadougou, which is the capital of Burkina Faso, so they can keep the lights on all the time there and start developing a third world country into a second world country. And, and the way to do that is through energy resources and keeping the lights on and getting commerce going is a good way to do that. But to me, the bigger play for Russia down the road is to slowly chip away at the uh, ECOWAS pack between those West African countries. Because if you can, if you could make, and the ECOWAS countries are a lot like NATO, where it's like if you attack one, an attack on one is an attack on all. Right. And my belief is, the, since Putin's doing this, the idea is to break up that that pact that they have, so we can start picking up picking off other coastal cities. Because right now, Burkina Faso is a landlocked country, and so he's going to want to get to the coast somehow. And so, if he can show Burkina Faso thriving with the help of Russia, that's going to open it up to all these other poorer countries who want what Burkina Faso has, and so they'll be willing to make a deal. Yeah. Well, because this is, I mean, and, and, and real, I mean, yes, for him strategically. But this is what these people need. I mean, they've been forgotten forever. So for anyone to come in, you could be some other random-ass European country who has really no longer-term strategic goals, but you just decide, hey, I want them to be my friends. What do they need? They need this. They need this infrastructure. You give it to them? I mean, that makes that makes it sound simple, and it makes it sound mean, like they're simple-minded people. That's what they need. That's It's, it's just... That's, that's where things are. Uh, good chat going on, guys, uh, in, in the various chats. Keep that going. Hit that like button if you have not already. We're so glad you're here spending some time with us. Um, we're going to get to RFK here in a second. Uh, well, actually, let's. Well, I want to just touch on this real quick. I haven't gone back. I don't know if you heard anything about it, Tom, but uh, apparently there was a, a, a um, bomb threat at Chicago O'Hare where you had a terminal, the International Terminal 1, evacuation and progress that was going on there so i don't know if that happened um or what what the details have been since then but there but there was some hubbub about that i just wanted to bring it up so we can kind of look into it and have some very very top level conversation on it obviously we're not going to get into details i don't sound that certain on it uh but i saw it right before the show and just remembered just now that i wanted to come back and and check in on it to see is does it seem like that's uh, I don't know. Uh, nothing is coming up. Let me check. Um, I think Loomer put something out about it earlier. Yes. Let me see if WLS. Has it. 
Bumped under her report. No, that's from 2022. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll well, keep looking we'll keep it. looking at it. We'll figure it out. The main thing I wanted to get into here, though, was RFK. So there's been lots of conversation about RFK Jr. running, about some of the steam that he was getting, the momentum that he was getting uh, on, on the other side of the aisle in this race. And still being pushed out, right? Shoved to the side saying, hey, if your name's not Joe Biden and we, the DNC, don't, or whoever the DNC decides to put up, because I still don't think it'll be Joe Biden, then we don't care about you. We don't care about your family lineage. Yes, we were involved in a lot of things as it pertains to your family too, by the way. So you have all those things happening and, and he's being told you can't get on the debate stage. This isn't an open race. We've got an incumbent. We're sticking with him. And there were some polls that, that, that came out at, at certain points in time where he was, in fact, beating Joe Biden on the left. Now, not all of them, to be fair. There's plenty that went the other way. There's plenty that say Joe's got a sizable lead on him. If you want to trust those polls, then so be it. But it's led us to this point where I kind of thought we were going to get, and you've got RFK, who's now going independent. Let's take a look at this clip. At hotels and malls on the street, and they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They're ready... They are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. So independent candidate sees sees the writing on the wall. It's not even the writing on the wall. It's like a big FU message that was left as a voicemail, shot over as a text, an email, all of those things from the Democrat Party, but says, hey, okay, cool. Got it. Message received. I'm going to run it as an independent. And it's an interesting move because a lot of people, and every time we talk about RFK, people are like, don't fall into that trap. I'm not falling into any trap. I'm not here to say I'm voting for RFK. I'm not doing any of those things. We're talking about this because it's an important issue, because one, his story is interesting. Uh, his, his voice, less interesting. Still can't stand it. I know it's not his fault, but it's, it's just he's hard to listen to. But he's, he's right on a lot of issues. He's dead wrong on a lot of issues. But I think that this is interesting, and, and it's going to be fascinating as it pertains to next year's big election, the 2024 election that is oh so important to our country's future. And, and the Democrats not too happy about this no they're not happy at all and you know i'm not a huge rfk guy i did read his book um one about fauci the real anthony fauci fascinating book i highly recommend it i I got the audiobook and also the the hardcover book it is the most heavily footnoted book i have ever seen before in my entire life and like like a lot of people have said before, and I've said it myself, if every if there if there are lies in that book, Anthony Fauci needs to sue the hell out of him. But so far, that book has been out what five years now? Yeah, not yeah. a single lawsuit. Not a single lawsuit yeah. has been filed. Yeah. Um, RFK, there there are a lot of things that I like about his uh, candidacy. The fact that he is so hated <laughs> by by the establishment and has to go outside of the Democrat Party. To, to throw his name into the presidential race says a lot. It says that 
even more so than the Republican Party, the Democrats, their primaries don't matter. It, your vote doesn't matter. Right. They don't care. They're saying they are. They always say this is our guy, like it or not. I mean, look what look what happened with uh, Bernie and Hillary. It's this person's turn or that person's turn. This is who we're pushing. Shut up. We don't care what you have to say. And so RFK doing this, you know, he, he's running as an independent. I would say that he's running as other because right. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are going to say, well, you know, if it's Biden and Trump, I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. He represents other. And right. I'm going to check that off. So yeah. who does that affect more? Does that affect the Republican vote or the Democrat vote? You know, who's going to siphon who's going to siphon off the most votes? Well, and there's a lot of people that say and argue that it's it's going to siphon off more, even if it's a, a smidge more, even if it's not a huge difference, uh, but a smidge more on from the left and from Joe Biden or whoever that person is that that they, they put forward than than Trump. But and, and I, I, I tend to think that's right. Like I do. Th I mean, based on where he is on social issues and so many other things. I feel like you're going to capture more people from from him. And then there's going to be people in the middle who are going to say, OK, Biden's been a disaster. Biden's too old. All the problems with Biden, yada, yada, yada. And then maybe there are folks who have who have really gotten soured or have been soured the whole time on Trump. And they're going to say, I don't like either of these to your to what you're talking about. Like, who's this guy? I recognize his last name. He's He's got some good points and some topics. I'm going this way. But I think I think that at the end, even though he'll take some people away from folks who don't want to vote for Trump, but also won't vote for Biden, I still just got to think that there's some folks out there who are quiet. I, I, there's a lot of folks out there in my in my view that are quiet on on both sides of the aisle and and the three or four people that are in the middle that just don't speak up. But there's a lot of old blue dog Democrats who want the old Democrat party of old to make a return. That's it, never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But but they see I, I could see some of them being like, well, this is our shot. Right. At making this party go that way, it, to which I would say, OK, if that's how you want to vote, by all means, vote that way. I understand what your head's thinking as a as a more establishment, old school, traditional Democrat. But it is never going to happen. They think. Just look at what they did to his his father and his uncle. Like they will not let it go a different way that they than than they want it to go. Uh, it's just it's not going to to work that way. But I could see that mindset of someone who's not as involved in politics of like, yeah, this is this guy represents me. I think it takes more away from him than the other. At minimum, we can all agree it's going to be very disruptive to the election. And that doesn't. Th there's still a chance that no labels and Joe Manchin run run that route too and then there's another wild card in the mix yeah and that would be i think that would be more that would be worse for the democrats than just RFK running as an independent if you throw Joe Manchin into the race because he is a reminder of the blue dog democrat that you're talking about and right. i think that would be a lot worse for the Democrat. I don't think it's going to happen because I think it will be that devastating of an effect if he ends up running for that no labels party. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't think that happens either. I think he gets talked out of it. Uh, that's that's 100 percent my view. But uh, but I, and I also agree, I think it would be more devastating. I think that one would be actually more devastating too to some more establishment type Republicans for for Trump and, and folks on the right, because Manchin has bailed us out. He's still 
different than us on so many issues, but he's bailed us out a few times. He talks reasonably. If you listen to what he says, uh, there, there's people who would who would go his way, but I think it would hurt them hurt them more. But here's what's interesting about this. Going back to RFK specifically for a second here. So he announces, hey, I'm dropping out as a Democrat candidate and I'm going independent. I'm going to kind of just stir up the hornet's nest, if you will. And right around the same time, because this this happened last week, we were I was all, I was out sick. We were getting ready to transition to this whole new time and everything like that was happening. But right around the same time, you had Schlapp and the folks at CPAC invite RFK Jr. to CPAC, <laughs> which is just such a weird ass mindset now cpac not a lot of establishment types they're not very trump friendly even though trump's always at the those events i, I mean what when that, when you first saw that what, what did you think oh again like ron and mcdaniel getting reelected, the fix is in yeah they're they're my thought was they're going to trot out rfk to siphon off more votes from trump because if if they if if the established if republican establishment doesn't think Trump is going to be the nominee for 2024. Did they bring RFK to CPAC? I don't think so. I think the fact that they know that it's probably a done deal that he'll be the nominee, that they're doing whatever they can to try and scuttle him. Yeah. And I hope that I'm wrong, but it just. I don't think you're wrong. That's what it seems like to me. It's like anytime that the Republicans get the upper hand on every anything. They, they do something to shoot themselves in the foot and set themselves back. They don't want to win. No. And well, that, they don't want to win. If, if, if it can't be their guy, they don't want to win. Right. Which is what's so freaking frustrating. And their guy is also could you could, you know, you could substitute him for anybody on the other side. Right. They're interchangeable people at this point. The only people that, that aren't interchangeable are the folks in, you know, some of the folks in the Freedom Caucus. That's all. That those are the only people left that have any kind of resemblance to the to the Republican Party that I thought that I was a part of. Yeah, we've all been duped for a long time, my <laughs> yeah. friends. We really have. Um, and, and I hope that people start to realize that too. You know, first of all, I hate those. I've been to some CPACs. I, I understand why people go to them. They're good for networking. There's good. There's reasons to go. But I hope now, at this point in time, that people understand and when you say this and then i say this and then next year we'll probably have like a booth there on media row for rvm network but if we do it we're going to do it our way we're going to go there and be disruptors and do things our way but i hope that people understand you go there like you're not you're not all together with all of your people that's not what it is that's kind of why a lot of people like to go oh, i want to see this person speak i want to just see this person in per which i don't get that like i don't get the fanboy shit at, at all but you're not like we're so fractured the people running it, for example, the Schlapps, the Ranas, all these people, like, they're not, they're not on your side. You're going to an event paying good money, lots of money, in fact, to go to these events. And, and a lot of them don't want you there. They don't want your candidate there unless your candidate is the one that they have handpicked to be the candidate. Like, that, it, it, I, I hope that that kind of stuff changes. I don't, I'm not suggesting anywhere else to go. It's not like, don't go here, go here. Right. I, it's their own club, and they don't want you as a member. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. It's a, have you ever? It, it, it reminds me of like oops, my earbud fell out. It reminds me of like these these you know 
Hollywood parties where it's like there are different rings to the party where like there there's like one ring where like it, like it's a huge party but like one one ring is just pretty much you know is like the outer perimeter where everybody shows up and you see people that you know and you kind of hang out with them and then there's another inner ring that the outer ring can't go into and yeah. then inside that other ring there's another ring and then pretty soon a really smaller smaller ring that you got to be really part of the in crowd to be in and that's what this reminds me of yeah no i that's a that's a good that's a good description and that's just kind of where we are and none of us none of us are anywhere near that that last ring you talked about yeah, like no. not even like you can't even sniff it like you can't you can't there's, there's, and they'll deny that ring even exists, exists. Yeah. exactly <laughs> So speaking of, you, you mentioned Freedom Caucus earlier. We've got establishment, rhino types. And then there's some people who are confusing, right? And, and everyone has their opinion. Everyone labels everyone the way that they do. So we're going to go to someone who's got a lot of people confused, to Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace voted to oust McCarthy, which was great. Appreciate that. There's other things she's voted on. It's like, ah, I kind of think that maybe you're an establishment type. But I will say this for her. I will say this for her. I, I will not slam anyone on any one decision several decisions you're starting to get on the radar and then you make all of them and all of a sudden you're lindsey graham that's that's a diff different situation um but she's she's done some good she's done some bad I, I think the jury's still out i tend to be in the camp of she's more establishment to be clear but <clears throat> she's done a couple things right she helped us out with this mccarthy vote and i bring up this next clip because she, the mccarthy vote a couple other things she was a part of and she decided this was last week too but again bear with me because i wasn't here last week so we get to play some clips from last week we're just going to do it she decided to show up to the hill with a, a cute blazer and a wife beater with a scarlet letter on it and she's going to talk here that's not really my question on it. take a listen to it then we'll discuss I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people. I'm not on the side of the establishment. And I'm going to do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences, because I don't answer to anybody in D.C. I don't answer anyone in Washington. I only answer to the people. Thank you. All right. So uh, first of all, that's not true. <laughs> That is well. It is conceptually speaking, it's true. You, you're supposed to answer to the people, 100%. You don't. I don't think that you fall in that camp. I'd love to be proven wrong. Love to be proven wrong. My question is: Is do we like Nancy Mace wearing a wife beater with a scarlet letter? She, obviously, she's a cute, she's one of the more attractive, yeah. uh, you know, Congresswomen that are there. Actually, defines herself as a woman. Knows what a woman is. Um, obviously, gave us the great kind of slutty prayer breakfast moment that we've played multiple times and enjoyed so much but but do you do you like the look tom uh to me it was sort of a swing and a miss i understood what she was going for you know the scarlet letter a woman being demonized like i was last week blah 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 but but you're not hester prim <laughs> we're not in a you know puritan village your husband you're not assuming your husband was lost at sea. You didn't get impregnated by somebody out of wedlock. 
and you didn't have to stand on stage while people mocked and ridiculed you, and you had to have a scarlet A put on your chest for adultery. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's what it was in the book. That I mean, yeah. I mean, so that's why to me it's a swing and a miss. I like the outfit, but the idea that she's going with a scarlet A. It, yeah. to me, is missing the point of what you're trying to make. Right, right, outcast, write something else on your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not adulterous. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I think so, too. I think, look, I get it. You had, you had some staffer who was like, all right, here's the deal. You should put on this cute top, put a blazer on. You'll look hip, cool, cute. Everyone will be talking about it. And then put the scarlet letter on there. Yeah, well, it's got to be an A because everyone knows the scarlet letter A. I don't know what it means, but you got to put it on. <laughs> got to put it on. And she did. She put it on. She put it on. I don't think it necessarily worked either. Again, verdict's still out for me. I, I'm not like 100% anti-Nancy Mace. You know, the, the clip that we played last, uh, it was either last week or the week prior because we did have a show Monday where her and Matt Gates are sitting there and they're talking and kind of weighing in on the McCarthy stuff and sharing their views. I, I will say this to, to be kind and play devil's advocate, because every once in a while I can do that. She, she described her positions well, differentiating like, okay, here's Matt Gates, who's very much Freedom Caucus, outspoken on those issues. Here's my stance as libertarian, blah, 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 on, on these issues. And we connect a lot on these. We disagree on these. If if you're if you're go, if you're going to to make different decisions that piss off the America First crowd, which is a growing growing community, you at least have to do yourself the service of explaining how or why you got there, and and explaining and making some of those parallel connections. Hey, here's the person that you like a lot and you talk about in Matt Gates. Here's why we agree on this. Here's why we disagree. If you if people if some of those people would go to to lengths and explain themselves more. It's not going to save them because the crowd is vicious out there and everyone's guilty until you know, they just are. You're just, you're just fucking guilty all the time. You're a That's, witch. Exactly. <laughs> like everyone should have a scarlet letter on them according to this this world. But but I did I did appreciate that. Again, I'm not taking her side, but I I, I think that a lot of people also do also judge too fast. Right. I, I always go back to the Christy Noem thing. She she ruled differently than people wanted her to rule on the NCAA bill in South Dakota. She literally got a fucking 99.9% .9 on the rest of the test. And it's like, well, you failed. Like, well, no, she still got an A+. Right. She just got this question wrong. Right. But but that's that's where we are. So I feel like there's got to be some people who say, I'm not defending, but can we also defend reason here? Can we Can we just have a discussion about, okay, how did she do on the rest of the questions on the test? Not just this one. Did she get right. that essay wrong? Sure. But did, did she still pass? And look, I, I'm all about just getting, you got to have a C to play. Right. Like, did or is she eligible? Not right. is she a rock star. Don't get me wrong. I do like Nancy Mace. And, but nobody's perfect. And, you know, and this was sort of a cringeworthy moment. I think it would have been much more effective for her to make that point. And don't get me wrong. I think the fit was great. It, you know, she pulled it off well with the wife beater and the blazer. Totally dig it. But it, the, the A just lost it for me because it has nothing to do with anything. The best thing I think she could have done was have the same fit, but just write out scarlet letter. Right. <laughs> something. Something yeah. different. Something different. No, she pulled it off and looked great. She pulled it off. I mean, <laughs> Porous, um, <clears throat> she's endowed well. I don't vote for titties, though. Yeah. I mean, that's that doesn't. It, 
That's true. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. She's if that all were the case, attention. Dolly Parton would be president in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, if that's your if that's your jam, <laughs> if that's your jam. But uh, she's all about attention. Uh, also, Porus actually says, uh, I, I, I tend to agree. I think all of them are, and that's the biggest thing. That That's where they need to be judged. Okay, you say all these things, but is that because that's what you think people in South Carolina, or that's because you think people in the America First crowd want to hear? What, how's your voting lineup? How's your, how's your donor base lineup with that? Like, how does everything match up? That's, that's the question. But most of them are. Again, we talk about all the time. These people are attention whores. They walk around like they're Angelina Jolie, you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's like, you're not. They're all working on their brand. Yeah. And that's exactly what she was doing by exor- this exercise that she did. It's just, you know, it's just brand reinforcement and expanding her, expanding her brand. Yeah. That's just, that's the era that we live in. We were just talking about it today with, with the NFL and the players and the difference between the NFL of the, you know, the 90s and early 2000s and of now, it, it, it's all about brand. It's all about the personal brand of the athlete rather than the team. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely is. There's, there's, it, there's not many things we can point to that aren't broken today, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty frustrating. Pretty frustrating. Uh, also frustrating is we're running up on, on the hour, which means that we're going to take a quick break. This is our last break. We had one break between the first hour and second hour, this one here, and that's it, folks. We'll, we'll give you a short read and, and, and one of our good friends. What do you think of the new time change? It's up. It's up to. Uh, it's up to debate so far. I'm having fun. Yeah, well, I'm having fun too. Hopefully, you guys are having fun out there. I, I see a lot of our old, our old friends, parts of the Drew crew who have been in the chat throughout the day. I know some people had to to take off, um, but it's it's been fun. And I know you know there's new people coming in the different platforms. We're damn glad to be in it. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be an adjustment for all of us. But I'm having fun so far. It feels more appropriate that we're having a cocktail or something now than before like oh it's three o'clock <laughs> uh, so i think that there's some benefits to it for sure uh it helps for bringing on guests we've got great guests all week colonel manus obviously was on earlier to today gretchen smith from code of vets tomorrow brianna morello coming on wednesday wayne dupree coming on thursday there's other people in the works so it's going to be an awesome week super pumped about it we still have a full hour to go so we're going to take a quick break We'll be right back to hit a bunch more stories. Stay with us. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar, the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. 
The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. my pillow my passion was to help each and every one of you and 20 years later all of your support is what keeps us going because of you we've been able to create thousands of usa jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever to thank you my employees and i are bringing you a limited edition my pillow the giza elegance my pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill the most amazing cotton and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, Get more of Drew, and this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show Challenge coin, an exclusive Friday morning show for Coin Club members only, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes, and other in-studio bonuses. Plus, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM Network and no ads on written content on redvoicemedia.com. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. Go to dbcoinclub.com. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Current Drew Crew members need not apply. Military and first responder discounts are available on monthly or annual memberships. All members, regardless of subscription type, are automatically entered into sweepstakes. However, challenge coins are only issued to annual members. Learn more at dbcoinclub.com.
<laughs> the things that we do around here welcome back folks hour three so glad to be back with you good feedback by the way coming in on the times uh the new time that is the adjusted time so so grateful you're here please hit that like button if you have not please make sure you are subscribed wherever the hell you're watching rumble that could be my rumble you could be over an rvm rumble you could be on my facebook my youtube you could be on getter i don't even remember where the hell's we go but hit that positive button wherever you are uh and uh keep engaging in the chat but appreciate the feedback on the time i want to get to this let's talk about one of america's dumbest bitches out there <laughs> and you're like oh it's got to be one of the people on the view right and i'm and i'm like yeah it is the question is which one well it's sunny Hostin. i'll just give you the answer it's sunny Hostin, who in this clip right here compared the proud boys to you guessed it hamas it's funny you want to say something no i just i you know I, I look at this from a legal perspective and i think that we all know that hamas has been designated uh, a terror organization just like many other terror organizations have had this designation like the proud boys here in the united states um i mean seriously they're not even the same league bro no i mean they did this is the most, it, 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 for, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a very irresponsible and reckless comparison. I'm not some Proud Boys person. I, I just, I'm not. I know there's people out there in the audience. There's people in the conservative arena who are all about them. That's fine. I, but I'm also not going to sit here and, and, and rip on them either. It's just not my thing. I don't like to be a part of clubs. I don't know if you figured that part out yet. But this comparison is, is ludicrous. Asinine. Let's come up with other words. No, I mean, but it is. I mean, it's so dumb. You're comparing a jihadist terror group backed by Iran, the largest state sponsor of terror in the world, who just pulled off one of the most hideous, disturbing attacks and invasions in a long, long time. Second most deadly thing for, for Israel other, outside of the Holocaust. And you're comparing some people who have counter protests in the United States and every once in a while get into a little scuffle with Hamas. And certainly she's channeling the, oh, they were a part of January 6th. Exactly. So, but and they, she thinks that was the darkest day in history. I'm sure she thinks that too, right? You think that, right, Sonny? No, but that's, that's absurd. That's ludicrous. It was, it was not an insurrection for one. And even if it was, you know what? They still wouldn't be on the same level as Hamas or Hezbollah or ISIS or Al-Qaeda or the Taliban or Al-Shabaab or we could just keep listing terrorist groups, but they still wouldn't be on that level. It's, it's, but what's, what's, what's really terrifying and, and enrages me the most about this is the fact that she, she's going to have people who— there's a gaggle of dumbass women out there in this country oh, yeah. who watch that show and are going to be like, yeah, you go, girl. And they're going to— they're, 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 preach it they're gonna think that this is true and it's just simply not right hey ginger by the way go ahead tom well that has a lot to do with people's ignorance on this topic and and also taking words that used to have meaning and and using them inappropriately so that word has no more meaning anymore and talking about terrorist organizations if you if you label somebody a domestic terrorist that should have meaning to it. It should have bite to it. 
But what the left has done is made all these words meaningless, like racist and, and misogynist. All, all penis. These, uh, penis. They, they've, they've, made, they've taken all these terms and they've used them in such a way that everybody just ignores them. And so when you have Sonny saying that, oh, these are, you know, Hamas is just like the Proud Boys and, you know, and domestic terrorists. Then you have people go, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, who are we to, you know, say something bad about Hamas? Because we have our own terrorists here, the Proud Boys. But when was the last time a Proud Boy put on a bomb vest and and detonated himself in a mall? Right. You know, that's never happened. We'll wait. Yeah. When was the last time the Proud Boys went to the Olympics? And I know it was the PLO, not Hamas, but you could say the PLO was a predecessor to Hamas going in and murdering Israeli athletes. That's never happened. Right. There there is no way, even if you were to try and intellectually put your brain into a pretzel to make that connection between Hamas and the Proud Boys, there is just— no way to do it and i like to think that i can put myself in the leftist mindset right. and try and make every jump that i think they could make w- within within their rattled and sometimes diseased mind and you just can't do it you can't honestly do it with this comparison no no you, you, i mean it's just a, it's just a, a, a too far of a leap it just absolutely is there's certain things they'll bring up it's like okay i kind of see what you're talking about there it, you're still wrong, but this one, I, just no. No. When was, when was the last time the Proud Boys took over a cruise ship and uh, murdered an elderly Jewish man in a wheelchair and threw him overboard? Yeah. It's never happened. <laughs> Mike says the view's the terrorist organization. I, they, honestly, they kind of, I mean, if you're going to, I, I'm not for all these stupid-ass labels that could put out there in our country now. Because we get labeled it too all the time. The amount of things that that I get labeled, we get labeled. It's ridiculous. But if you're going to view me, call me a a former counterterrorism officer, a terrorist. <laughs> I, I mean that that's how fucking stupid this is now. What what's your prior job? Well, I was trained to to do this and go out and do that. Well, you've but now you who'd you vote for? Oh well, you're a terrorist. Like like that that's ridiculous. But if you're going to do that, okay. Well, you know what? The people who are causing the most damage in this country are the people with really big platforms. We're not allowed to have them anymore. Used to. This this used this used to be a much bigger platform than it still is a big platform. And I'm very grateful for it. I love what we get to do on on a daily basis. But it's it's different than it used to be because the media decide, oh, we've got to squash those independent media folks because they're getting in the way. They're making an impact on elections. They're making an impact. They're telling people the truth. So you've got these people out there, and all that to say, the point is, is they've got this big-ass platform, and they share their thoughts, which is terrifying. They, they, I, they shouldn't even be allowed to think damn near sometimes when you hear what comes out of their mouth. But then it, 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 it's like you guys, to Mike's point, it's like y'all kind of are the terrorists because you're dividing our country, you're making us hate each other, and you're making anywhere from 30 to 55% of the people out there believe the most nonsensical bullshit— Ever. They're escalating. They're escalating tensions by using inflammatory rhetoric, and it's counterproductive for for to, to, to try and unite people. All you're doing, all, all Sonny and the rest of The View is doing with their platform 
is to further divide people, polarize and balkanize people. Right. There is nothing within the, the business model or the format of their show that shows that, that expresses a want to, for people to get along. Yeah. It's either like you do it our way and follow everything we say or you're a terrorist and we want you dead. Those are the options that you're given by watching that show. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> End of story. Uh, there's another um, story I wanted to touch on we didn't get to during the last hour, so we're going to get to it now. Riley Gaines was going to go do an event at Penn State. I think she still did something. She ended up going with like a megaphone uh, and, and trying to get the message across, and I, I think that's how it all played out. But she had the president of the school, Neely Bendapudi, whatever. Uh, I don't know how you say her, her name. No one cares. I believe it's Bendapudi, yeah. Bendapudi, yeah. There's no A <laughs> no, at the end. No, Bendapudi, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love okay. that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't know what just happened there. Um, but she, so, so Penn State students flip out, right? You see this on campuses all the time now. Students flip out. I can't believe that someone with a different opinion is allowed to be here. I'm triggered. Yeah. It, I'm literally shaking. They go to their safe spaces, they take over everything, they shout people down, and then they whine because they've been given everything they want and they've been conditioned to get everything that they want. And so they, so Riley Gaines is going there and she's obviously going to talk about transgenders and women's sports and all the issues that have affected her. And she's done a hell of a job on it, by the way. So she, she goes there, she gets shot down, and then there's this uproar over how it was handled on on Penn State University's campus, which I look, and I'm a Big Ten guy. I love all the Big Ten schools. This was the president's response. And notice, by the way, notice kind of the journey the president takes us on here. She's not on your team, by the way. Most presidents and, and heads of, of academia uh, are not. But listen, listen to kind of it's I think it's like, yeah, it's like a three minute clip Disco says. But listen to how she kind of weaves back and forth on a couple things, particularly as it pertains to her comments on the First Amendment. Take a listen. I have no doubt that we will once again encounter speakers that many will consider controversial, either because their views are not widely held or because a speaker espouses ideas that are actively hateful. I share the concern of those who believe the messages spread by some individuals are not only offensive, but deeply hurtful. And again, I stand in unity with those who condemn such speakers and their rhetoric. You may ask if so many individuals, including the president of the university, find these speakers so objectionable, why can't we just ban them from our campuses? First, as a public university, Penn State University is bound by the First Amendment. What does this mean? The First Amendment is the law in our country that protects citizens from government censorship or punishment for speech or ideas that the government does not approve. Without the First Amendment, your access to information would be threatened. Your voice could be censored or silenced, and your internet use could be filtered. We are often asked, why do these speakers have to receive money from funding boards when a student group brings them to campus? Again, remember, student boards are part of our public institution, which means a government-funded entity. And these boards must allocate funding in a manner that is viewpoint neutral. The second reason 
we permit these speakers to come to our campuses is a moral one. For centuries, higher education has fought against censorship, believing that the best way to combat bad ideas is with better ideas, bad speech with more speech. We all wish to be on a campus where we are free to express our own beliefs and perspectives. But restricting the speech of one group or individual jeopardizes everyone's rights because the same laws or regulations used to silence bigots can be used to silence you. So what can we do about speakers who come to Penn State to anger, hurt, and incite members of our community? Speak out clearly and firmly against hateful speech as well as other instances of discrimination. Hurtful rhetoric causes real fear and anxiety among our community, and those individuals need your support. And people who are impacted, I hope seek one of the many resources listed at the end of this message. And if you wish to exercise your free speech rights by protesting a speaker, we support you in this action, since rejecting hate-filled speech is the responsibility of everyone. Let us keep ourselves and every member of our community safe as we exercise our free speech rights under the First Amendment. All right, so <laughs> we'll get there. Easy, Disco. Easy, boy. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but... She, you're right. She did a masterful job weaving her, oh, we have to protect free speech as long as the bigot that's arriving at campus, you know, they're able to, we can't censor the bigot that's showing up. You know, she's always, her, she's always defaulting to the fact that we understand that we're going to bring somebody on who is a hateful bigot, but even hateful bigots have to be heard and they can't be censored <laughs> well but but here's the thing i mean I, and look there's 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 back and forth on this there's there's he said she said or in this case she said she said although i i would kind of presume just based on listening to her that she probably can't define a woman and she's probably on board with all the other stuff but whatever that that's neither here nor there there's 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 the the rumor and the 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 debate that she put that out here, here let me just read to what riley said Riley Gaines said this after that video was out. No way president of Penn State makes a whole video explaining why public institutions are legally obligated to let bigots, apparently like me, on campus to speak, then proceeds to cancel, all caps, my speech tomorrow for Real Women's Day. Have it your way. See you tomorrow with the soapbox and a megaphone, Penn State. So the discussion here is... is and Penn State's resting on their laurels saying, no, we didn't technically cancel Riley's event or we didn't cancel the whole thing, but we, they, there was modification according to most on, in, terms of, in terms of Riley's role in it. But, but you've got that. You've got her leaning on that. We support this, but she, she brings up there too. We support the, the First Amendment. We also support your, your right to discriminate, or excuse me, not discriminate, to protest against it, and we encourage you. En encourage was an interesting word. Encourage there. means shut it down. Shut it down. Like, yeah. go, go hard to the hoop. We're giving you our blessing here. But she talks about, you know, uh, speaking out against hateful speech or discrimination. The biggest problem with all of these issues that we have in America right now is, well, who gets to decide what that is? 
Exactly. It's the left. Yeah. They, they feel like they're the arbiters of truth, and they will decide what is hate speech and what is not hate speech. And the, the whole hate speech thing, I fucking cannot stand. And I warned so many colleagues of mine that when I was working in an industry where it was all about the First, Am your free the First Amendment and the freedoms that we have to be able to create what we want, that if you start defining things as hate speech, you're going to go down a road that you do not want to go down because how do you define what it is? Yeah, you, you, exactly. And it's and but the problem is. Is, is it's like so many other issues in this country is it's slippery slope and you don't realize that they're going to just take a little bit and you're not going to notice it because it's going to be so incremental, death by a thousand cuts, right? And then you are going to notice it and you're going to realize in the end, like, oh, fuck, we're screwed. Right. And, and it comes to that with this here, too. Like, because that lady, she, she says hateful rhetoric causes, uh, uh, causes psychological anxiety. So now she's saying, by what people say, causes people to have anxiety. You know, I mean, come on. Grow a sack, man. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. But the fact of the matter is, when ideas need to be challenged, especially when it comes to the left, they can't have any challenges because their ideas are shit. Right. And the only way for their ideas to advance is to shut down everybody else, say it's hateful speech or it's a terrorist organization or they're a bigot or whatever, to eliminate that conversation because they don't want freedom of speech. Yeah. And all she's doing is she's just she's pretending that Penn State actually in 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 their you know higher institution of learning embraces diversity of thought. They don't. Right. They never will. And I don't know if they've ever have. Well, I mean, most and in fairness, not just picking on Penn State, who we're going to talk about actually here in a second. You know what? Fuck them and Jerry Sandusky. I'm over Penn State. Well, Sandusky <laughs> definitely did that. I mean, he's he's big yeah, into that. that. That's his favorite that, activity. That that's going to be a generational thing for me. No, well, I mean, yeah, it, it absolutely is. But my point is, is most schools are that way. I mean, that's that that's what you see with almost all institutions out there now is what you just got like that is that is who's leading the charge when they could say hey we understand that riley Gaines or charlie kirk or you know some of the people who are making the rounds doing these events are are upsetting to you part of the student populace not all of them obviously there's great conservative students there there's students who just don't care at all uh, there, there's there's all of those different things but they're going to be here they're going to be in the blankety blank auditorium if you aren't interested or you're offended by this stay clear it, it comes down to all this stuff i mean the amount of people who come in and troll shows all the time it's like get a fucking life bro like what are you doing here if you don't like what i'm saying or tom's saying or disco saying or a guest is saying or some clip we're saying go to a different channel it will not offend us it will make us so happy it will make you don't like us and we don't like you like it's the same same thing on tv i'm so fucking sick of cnn or fox news change the channel yeah change the channel put on the cooking show put some jazz on start cooking get naked see what happens that's but, uh, unfortunately the people that want to stifle somebody else's freedom of speech are people who've never accomplished anything in their life yeah and you'll you'll find that it, a lot of the time like just regular run-of-the-mill everyday people that you're in contact with you may not agree with them politically on too much 
but you still can communicate with them and have a conversation because at least they've accomplished something. The people who always want to shut down any kind of conversation or diversity of thought are people who believe that they have accomplished something, and that usually just means sticking out for four years and being a good test taker and getting a degree. Right but you haven't accomplished anything with your life. And there's this constant search to give your life meaning. And so for a lot of these people, what gives them meaning in life is to be able to shut somebody down because they get a scalp at that point and it feels good to them. And once they get their first scalp, they're gonna want another one and keep going. And then you have this whole industry of going after people. Yeah, you do. To give people meaning. And it is a lot. Again, not we can't live in absolutes, but a lot of those folks are the, the 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 people who live in academia. I got my four year degree. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to get another four year degree. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to get my PhD. I'm going to get my my next PhD. And then those people rise the ranks, and they're tenured professors, and then they're the head of school, and they're all. The, but they don't actually. It's like our politicians. Like you don't actually understand the real world. Right. You sit around and pontificate it in a classroom full of students most of which aren't actually paying attention to you. And, and you think that you're this noble person leading this charge. Like, no, you're not. No one cares about you. Hopefully your spouse does at home and your parents are still alive and they like you too. But like no one outside of that little circle cares about you. We see that all the time. There's so many little pockets of people that think that they're influencing everyone. Like you're not. And hopefully the people you are and that matter to you, you you are, and and that's that's great. But I, this whole thing is is so ridiculous, so ridiculous to the point where we've got to transition to a couple couple issues here. We're going to talk some different stuff. We got others. We're going to weave in some some different stories here. But for the next few minutes, at least, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some sports because I got to change the topic. <laughs> and breathe. Everyone breathe. We're taking a break from Paul. I love that music. It sounds like you got ZZ Top to uh, record the uh, instrumental. Yeah, they, no, they were in the, well, you were, well, you were uh, in, in Ohio last week. They were, they were here recording stuff. It was great. It was good. Um, it was good for sure. So <clears throat> real quick, we're going to get to this in a second, Disco. Um, but just this weekend was a, was a good weekend. And I know some of you guys don't care about this, but we're going to talk about it still. But the Washington-Oregon game, freaking outstanding. That was probably the best game of the weekend. By far. You know, it was closest, 36-33. Washington comes out on top at home. Great setting. You had college game day there, the whole thing. And it was was as billed. It was what you'd expect for a top 10 matchup. You had USC-Notre Dame, not exactly a great game. Yeah, it, I didn't get to see that, and I was I was shocked that Notre Dame won. Right, absolutely shocked. Well, I mean, everyone's taught. So, first of all, going back to the other game, real quick for a second, you had twenty scouts at that game, twenty NFL scouts, and, and it was a big deal because that's obviously that's a lot. That's <laughs> twenty out of thirty-two teams. That's a that's a lot of presence there because you had Bo Nix and you had Penix uh, for Washington and a bunch of other uh, skill players that were being watched there. But you had a lot of scouts and a lot of buzz, obviously, for the Notre Dame game. You've got this huge traditional rival, a great uniform matchup. If that doesn't turn you on, I don't know what's going to. Um, but you have that, and you got Caleb Williams playing. You, you've got Sam Hartman playing. Caleb Williams, one of the most 
draft ready NFL ready quarterbacks in a long time say most and he's he's very impressive I've seen some interviews with him he's a very articulate young man seems seems like he's he's on top of it I don't like saying young man about people but but he is a young man <laughs> uh, but but he came out and threw three first half picks yeah and they just got straight up curb stomped straight up curb stomped Auburn straight up curb stomped by LSU 48-18 UNC Miami. That was actually a sneaky kind of good game. Uh, I was expect to be a good game. UNC wins forty one thirty one. They they Miami and UNC play close, and then UNC just R- runs away from them. Tell you what, Tez Walker, who's finally eligible, you know what, second week now, I think yeah. second week now. He, he made a huge impact there. Drake May played well as well. Tennessee Texas A and M, good one. Something no one's talking about. Something that no one's talking about. Is is one you've seen Georgia not be as dominant, still very dominant. I've got some questions about them. I've got questions about them too, and I'm telling you what, man. And I'm not. I like Georgia. I like. I, I like. I have no problem with Georgia, especially when you're down in this area. It's Florida Georgia rivalry is a big deal, right? And I just I'm not sorry if if you're from this area and you love the Gators. I'm not a Gators person. I don't like them. Uh, I respect them, but I don't like them. So I'll take Georgia on that side ten days out of ten, but. Georgia lost. They won their game convincingly, but they've not been as dominant the whole year. And they just lost Brock Bowers. They're stud tight end. Everyone, everyone, well, it's just tight end. Well, tight ends are a huge part. And then when Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers is a freaking animal. He's a stud. And they're saying he could be out for four to six weeks. He's got, um, what was the injury? I'm trying to see. It was a specific thing here, but he, he's going, uh, he's going to have tightrope surgery. How familiar with you are you with tightrope surgery? I'm not familiar with tightrope surgery. Well, it involves, according to this article, using surgical thread instead of metal screws. It's designed to accelerate recovery. Uh, so he's going to have that done and is out four to six weeks. I forget the, the part of the body now that it's happening in. I don't remember <laughs> if it's – I think it's down in his in his, um, in his ankle region. In the, it is, yeah. I believe, the ankular. Yeah, because they were talking about Tua surgery. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so – but it's it's a big deal, and he's a he's an awesome friggin' player. He's an awesome friggin' player. Um, that's 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 gonna happen. Um, so some things to look forward to this weekend. I kind of feel like Michigan's got the momentum because, as you're saying, Shh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say it. But I think they do too. They're playing the most complete football right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it just now. I mean, with this injury and the fact that you know you can kind of, if we're watching the Georgia games, you can kind of see some chinks in the armor there. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say chinks anymore. I, I, I mean, I, this well, it means when the armor is. Actually, I know. I'm just, <laughs> I know. We love Ch- Tom had Chinese food tonight for Pete's sake. He did. Um, but no, there are. I think there's some there. I, that, but I, I, I just am. I just assume everything is going to be awful and hope for the best. So I, I, I see that thought in my head, and I just have to shove it away because <laughs> still have to play Penn State at some point. Still have to play Ohio State, a Big Ten championship, hopefully at some point. But but we'll see. But some good things coming up this weekend. You can see on the screen there, speaking of Penn State from earlier in the Big Ten, Penn State, number six, going to Columbus to the horseshoe to play Ohio State. That's going to be a badass game. you got both literally big noon kickoff and college game day, both going to be in Columbus for that game because it's, it's, it's going to be huge, and it's going to have a huge impact on not just the only the Big Ten East, but obviously the Big Ten picture as a whole. So that's going to be big. You've got Tennessee going to Alabama. You've got South Carolina at Missouri, which I think is kind of the sneaky good game of the weekend because Missouri's been great this year. 
You don't know what Spencer Rattler and, and the Gamecocks are going to do. you got Duke going to Florida State, Utah, USC, and then obviously in the sports world, we've got the MLB playoffs. you got two games tonight or today. NHL's in full swing. Um, but, but throughout the week, the ALCS and the, and the, the NLCS is going to be going on. So October's a great month. It's a great month. <laughs> yeah. It really is. The weather was nice. You didn't sweat your balls off walking just to the mailbox in Florida this week. It was outstanding. It was outstanding. Captain Rock Terps got beat by Illinois. Thumbs down. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> Mike says Brock Bowers is an awesome porn name. Well, you know, I mean, if the injury, if the surgery doesn't work, he could go into that. Just Rock start your Bowers. own, your own OnlyFans page or whatever you want to do. Um, there, Rock Bowers. <laughs> there's Tennis options. <laughs> Tennis pro. <laughs> but there's there's some good stuff coming up this week. All that to say, all that to say, um, and it, it was a good weekend. Hopefully, this this weekend's better. You had the a couple just to hit on a couple good games yesterday on Sunday. The, so the the Vikes play the Niners next week. I was scared. I still am because again I assumed the worst. But the Niners got beat by the Browns. Niners got beat by the Browns without Deshaun Watson. You had the the freaking uh, Giants took the Bills to the limit. You had the Jets beat the Eagles. Like it was an interesting day. Some of you are like, I don't watch the NFL. That's all right. That's all right. But there were some interesting games there for sure. So I, I, I had a great little weekend. Amazing weather. It felt like football. We had windows open. Oh, it's nice and crisp outside. Mm, delicious. Yes. Just delicious. Then the Rangers beat that. I haven't seen what's going on today. Maybe Disco can give us some some feedback here. Yeah, the Vikes beat the Bears. Disco and I's teams played. But that was just a trash game. Both of them, I wish both of them could have lost. That's, that's how I felt about that game. And I obviously like the Vikes, but it's like we have turnover issues. They still had turnover issues. And, and the Bears, no offense, Disco, the Bears are trash this year. We're super talented team playing like trash didn't have justin jefferson it, it was it just was one of those it was one of those things but you've got the rangers who won game one of the alcs last night they're they're playing today um you guys up two zero arizona okay so philly's up in game one of the of the nlcs over the diamondbacks so interesting interesting it's as you said october's great and I, I'm not a Halloween guy. We're gonna dress up for Halloween, and we'll, we'll do some. Do you? What are you gonna be, by the way, for Halloween? I don't know. I what are you going? With, don't 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 tell anyone. But what are you going between? What am I going between? Um, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of things that I've been percolating around. Uh, I do have a, a good uh, a go to costume that I like, where it's. It's kind of an elaborate costume, but basically it, it's like my head, but I'm inside a cage with little legs and a gorilla is carrying me around. Do you have pictures of that? Well, I'm going to have to see that at some point. Yeah. Not not tonight, but I, I got I to gotta see that. Yeah, it looks like a gorilla carrying a man around inside a cage. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds amazing. It's one of but, my favorite costumes. By the way, the Rangers won 5-4, to four, so they're... Um, they're up 2-0 in that, that ALCS series now. Uh, and headed back. They were in Houston, so they're headed back to... I can't wait, though, because speaking of Halloween and costumes, because we're a couple of weeks away where we start seeing these lists of what not to go as. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. This one's offensive. Um, yeah. 
Ginger, I just hate FSU. I'm a Gator fan. Drew, sorry, not sorry. No, I, you got to love your team. I love people who love their team, per- particularly in college football, because college football is the best. Uh, by the way, Colty, bye. Thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time with us. But co- college football, the, the environment, the pageantry, all that's there. So I want people to love their team. I, look, I understand that there's, there's people who go to Ohio State. They're not smart. But they love the school, and that's great. Love it. And you've got a hell of a football program. Developing, you know, basketball has been better. You've got a developing hockey program. Is better. Yeah, absolutely love it. If you're a Gators fan, if you're an Auburn person, if you're a, an Oklahoma person, go all in, 100%. And I like all those teams, even the ones that I don't like. I like it when they're good. I, I want them to lose one to two games and be just close enough to think that it's going to go well for them. But – but absolutely, I'm never offended by by who uh, who people like. I think it's great. I think it's great. So we've talked about Aaron Rodgers. Wait, let's let, let's let's hit on one other story here because we've talked about Aaron Rodgers before. Obviously, not a, not just his injury, but we, he's he's going after Travis Kelsey. He's we played the clip before. He's calling him Mr. Pfizer, which he is. And he said last week that he would love to have a debate. There you go. Aaron Rodgers wants to debate Mr. Pfizer. Travis Kelsey suggests partnering with Anthony Fauci and RFK Jr. Obviously, he's saying, hey, you, you, Travis, take Fauci on your side. I'll take RFK Jr. on my side. Let's go to town. I, Aaron Rodgers, totally an RFK Jr. kind of a guy, by the way. Oh, yeah. But go to town. How good would that be? It's oh. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it's just like everything else in society right now. Either you're on Team Kelsey and Team Taylor, or you're on, you know, Team Rogers and Team RFK when it comes to these, you know, the the vaccine issue at least, you know. And it's just it, it makes total sense to me. I mean, that that's just where we are when when it comes to just about every topic that you can think of. We're always constantly being forced to choose a team, and this is just another one of those teams. I would have to go, I'd have to err on the side of Rodgers and RFK over Fauci and Kelsey. Kelsey, I think, is just, he's a great player, but this whole Taylor Swift thing and being this brand ambassador for <laughs> Pfizer, and then also Taylor Swift being a brand ambassador for the NFL, it's just all so weird to me. It's like this, it's like this perfect mix of pop culture and corporatism it all melding in with the you know the the largest uh professional sports league in the united states it is i hate it i hate it i just i I hate anything i understand i understand what they're doing and why they're doing it but anything to include the 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 conversation that started with with kaepernick you know back in the day over the national anthem to their stance on covid to their stance on whatever and then, and then this, it's like, you don't need this. Right. Sports does not need this. Dude, how many, how many BLM, you know, paintings do we see in end zones during 2020? And now BLM is supporting Hamas and what they did right. in Israel. And, and everyone, mum's the word, they're silent as all get out on that. It's like, Roger Goodell, how much more can you fuck up? Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And no, and by the way, no one's talking about There are. There's people on social media talking about that. But the mainstream media is not talking about how Black Lives Matter, who, again, reminder, going back to 2020, outed themselves as Marxists 
and people who wanted to, quote, burn the country down, and in some cases they did. And dissolve the family unit. Dissolve the family unit. They said all these things, and people were like, nope, they're, they're, but they're black, so we got to stand with them. I'm putting my black square inside my profile pic so everybody thinks I'm a good person. Ugh. But you, you, it, all those things, like, just leave it alone. There's not, there's literally, I, there's never been a sports fan out there, a, a real one, not like some of you pussies who, who, who pretend you're sports fans at parties and whatnot, and which is fine. If you don't like sports, I'm, I'm okay with that, but don't, just don't pretend either be all in or, or don't be, but like no sports fan has ever been like, we need more social issues worked into this. Yeah. We need more <laughs> politics worked in. No, no one's ever said that. Just leave it alone. Leave movies alone, for that matter. Leave everything alone. Politics is politics. News, whatever. Like, fit that stuff in there. But leave all the... Like, that article by Jason Whitlock over at Blaze today that you shared yeah. was really interesting about how they're sinking things and how Goodell right now has got some, some good... He's in the good graces of some people, but down the road, it's going to to fail and really crush him. I I, I agree with that. Like... The rule changes, all this super soft shit. We got to protect everyone. We got, no. Right. If this isn't, it's like the change the channel thing. If Look, if this game's not for you, don't play it. If this game's not for you, don't watch it. Right. But, but. <laughs> look, look, I mean, look at the UFC, man. This is one company and Dana White, you know, has been masterful at this. Staying away from all these social issues and perceived injustices or whatever and jumping on every kind of, you know, hip bandwagon that there is. And that league just keeps on growing and growing and growing and becoming, you know, more and more profitable. And it's dudes fighting in a cage. Yeah. And that's what they do. They don't get into anything else. They're they're they know what their audience wants and what, what their audience expects, and they deliver that with every every promotion that they or every fight card that they put on. You know, on the weekends or their pay-per-view, you know, once a month. Right. And it's it's the same thing. It's just we we have dudes and females fighting. That's our brand, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> no, well, but 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 that is such a say. Like, uh, and I'm not even super in. Like, so Ray over at Red Voice, super into UFC. Tons of friends, tons of my former colleagues. Man, they're like super super into UFC and MMA stuff. I don't dislike it. I'm just not as like hardcore into it as the rest, but I love how much growth it's had and how big it's been because they've gone super counterculture in terms of rules and policies to your point. And they literally just, it's, it's two grown dudes or two grown women beating the shit out of each other. And they're unapologetic about it. And, and they've made huge gains. And it's just, it, there, there's things like that, 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 that give me some hope that, okay, this can still work. Some of these other sports have started to get NHL's made some good moves that that have been better than most. Not perfect by any stretch, but better than most. You've got even you can go into sports entertainment and say, you know what? Throughout all this stuff, for the most part, other than closing things down during COVID, WWE has not strayed too far into all the all the nonsense, the social nonsense. It's just still, this is the package. This is the brand. Like there's, there are some wins out there, but 
man, there's some losses too. <laughs> there's definitely some, <laughs> but the losses always seem to come with the mainstream sports. Yeah, you know that's where all the losses they seem like the the, the self-inflicted wounds. I guess it's because of the money and the endorsements from the athletes and the athletes demanding things from the league and the league feeling like they have to, you know, side with the athletes on certain social issues and so forth. And it's just, it's, to me, it's just detrimental to the league when, when remember what happened to Daryl Morey when he said, I stand with Hong Kong. He pretty much lost his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, well, I actually don't. I don't recall that, but 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 that's that's how this should be. Going back to the the point, Ginger said here, how happy are all those uh, who donated to Black Lives Matter now? Getting back to your original question, right? You had these people show not only support for Hamas, but they showed just to make it super stinging imagery of parachutes coming in, yeah, which represent what happened on October seventh, saying we stand with them. None of these leagues have been like, we firmly denounce our support for them, or we firmly denounce this chapter who said this. And by the way, it's not just this that chapter, it's all the chapters. Yeah. And by the way, all the money you donated to them just went to them. It didn't go to any black communities or <laughs> no. individuals. There's so many studies out there. Patrice Colors has what, like five houses yeah. now? No, it's 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 one of the biggest scams in the history of the United States of America. Yeah, that goes back to luxury beliefs. You had all these white liberals living in their gated communities going, oh, this is terrible. How can I get involved? Oh, you know, Jeeves, bring me my checkbook. Oh, here we go. BLM, pay to the order of BLM. Let's say, uh, what do we do, $10,000? All right, so this $10,000 donation to BLM will absolve me of all my past, present, and future bigotry that I'm going to have, but I've paid, so I'm good. <laughs> Jeeves, take this to the mailbox. I like the name Jeeves. I like the name Jeeves. <laughs> you know, you got to think, if you name your kid Jeeves, they got to be a butler, right? Do people still name their kids Jeeves? I don't think so, and I also don't think many people have butlers anymore. I would like a combination of both. I would like to have both a butler and a kid named Jeeves. But I don't also want to raise another kid. It's just, it's just Would you much. rather have a butler or a manservant? Aren't they the same? I think so. Yeah. But I, I prefer the title valet. I think a valet is a much more... But then, no, you got to pay him more. A valet? A valet makes more than a butler? I don't know. It would be nice to have somebody, you know, lay out my clothes for me in the morning. Yeah. Hand warm my bed sheets before I get in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Philly's up three to nothing uh, in the game over there, it looks like. Um, yeah, Disco. Look at look at what Disco's pulled in. He's pulled. Is that ESPN? Uh, I don't know why I'm asking him as if he can talk to us, but um, he's not. He's not in studio today. But Philly's up three nothing. I love. There's some comments here that we've just got to get to. Going back to the Kelsey and and uh, Taylor Swift thing. Taylor's next breakup song. I used to have a tight end. Ah, uh -huh. I like what you did there. Who was that? That that was Andy Pearson. That was a good one. Uh, Andy coming in with some heat. I love it. Um, <clears throat> Mike Mike says you dropped my heart. Also fumbling the muff. <laughs> Two great ones. There's 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 some good ones out there. You know you can't go to. Well, I, I'm sure you can, but pretty much every news site that I go to during the day, there is a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey story on the front page. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everywhere. 
everywhere because we try and we're you know we're trying to with this new time we're trying to my heart got tackled <laughs> that was disco uh, or maybe someone else put it but i just i just read it from his chat but we're, we're trying to work in different stuff right we're trying to do some you know and, and you go to outkick and you go to blankety blank or the athletic or whoever and you just see so many damn stories it's like wait where am i hold on am i on am i on a sports website yes i am and the first picture up there is Taylor with like a jacket hanging off of her shoulders with Brittany Mahomes in the box. I know. And it's <laughs> plot twist. Jeeves is black. Yes, <laughs> Mike. Um, <clears throat> it's it's super frustrating. Uh, I wish Disco was in studio for this today. Um, he's not, so he he doesn't get to take part in this conversation. But he gets to be here for it still, because you've got the Washington Post, who's of course very conservative. Uh, I'm teasing. They're a fucking live shit show. <laughs> Washington Post rips Chicago Blackhawks for giving grant money to tribe, accuses team of paying for silence, essentially saying that there's hush money. Tom, what did you make of this story? I'd love to hear your take. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Kevin Blackstone was the writer of this, and I don't know if you've ever watched the, uh, what was that show with Tony Reale? Um, I think it's still on, but he was one of the reporters on there. I remember they would freeze people and make them go away. No. Uh, it would come on after Pardon the Interruption. It came on either before or after Pardon the Interruption. I can't remember. Woody uh, something or other was on there, and then another guy who ended up beating up his girlfriend in uh, uh, Venice Beach, California, and he got tossed from the show. Anyways... Kevin Blackstone used to be, you know, one of the reporters on there. I was reading this article. It's just stupid. Um, it, you know, Kevin is trying to make a big deal out of this about something, you know, cultural appropriation. He, you know, this is another jackass sports writer that wants to make himself, you know, relevant. So he's going to pick up the torch of, you know, the, the crusader for, you know, social righteousness and go through. My whole thing with this, if it's cool with the Blackhawks, the the tribe the tribe they're yeah. into it you're gonna pay them i look at it as a licensing fee it's not hush money hey we want to continue to license the name blackhawks and i think that should be the same with any native american tribe if i've got a college or a professional team and i want you know the name to be the the, the chippewas or or whatever you know the 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 potawatomi you know, if I've got... Uh, I wouldn't go with that one. That's just, that's harder to say. But <laughs> I love Potawatomi because to me, it just comes, you know, rattles right off the tongue. But I have no problem, you know, paying a licensing fee to do that because to me, every in the end, everybody is happy with this. Yeah. You know, there's no guilt from, from the owners of a team. It's a good, powerful name. It ties in to, to the, the founding of the country and the importance that the Native Americans played in the whole landscape of America and the whole history behind Native Americans and their contributions to the country instead of people like Kevin Blackstone want to erase that, which right. to me it, it is counterintuitive to preserve a culture. You don't start erasing the culture by trying to save it. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, and everything is, first of all, I think it's just ludicrous and stupid and and. In, in its own right on on the on the off the top of things but whether it's this the redskins whatever are some people going to be offended yes are the majority no are the majority and certain groups in this case taken care of financially yes is there really an issue here no like that that 
th these are all simpler conversations. Um, this goes to this goes to Blackhawks fan. He's talking about how Major Frederick McLaughlin founded the franchise, named his team the Blackhawks after the U.S. Army unit served in the during the World War One, the 86th Infantry Division, also known as the Blackhawk Division. The unit was named after Blackhawk, the South leader of the Blackhawk War of 1832. So no, but yeah, I mean, you're, there's there's obviously history behind all these things. There's a nod in a positive way in almost all these instances, but in this case. You know, you've got, uh, what's his name? Ke uh, what's the writer's name? Kevin Blackstone. Blackstone, who's who's writing this article and finds out, okay, the Blackhawks organization's given over a, almost a half a million dollars to to this like to these organ to organizations surrounding this this tribe. Yeah. How how is that a bad thing? Yeah, again, it's, it's just look, not. It's a licensing fee. Who right. cares? I mean, college kids are getting paid licensing fees <laughs> yeah. now. You either say yes or you say no to it. They yeah. said yes. They took the money. Okay, good. You're still the Blackhawks. Yeah. And and it's not hush money. It's it's a licensing deal. Right. I, I, business, man. I, 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 I mean, I, I know it's not even worth me saying I don't get it because it's just... It's yeah, this whole name, name, image, and likeness, the NIL, this, the, <laughs> it's people like Kevin Blackstone that are going to be shit out of luck when it comes to these fantasy crusades that they have for, yeah. you know, social justice. Right. Because there's money to be made and there's lots of money to be made. So yeah. you have to open, if you want to open yourself up to it and make money like everybody else is, go for it. That's if if you're fine with it and everybody associated, you know, of course, there's going to be people who don't get any of the money who are going to be like, ah, oh, this is bullshit. We shouldn't be doing this or whatever. You know, they're the ones who are, you know, have been cut out of the deal or were never a part of the deal to begin with. But it license it. Go right. go for it. Make make the bread while you can. Right. Well, it's it's yeah. Mike says there's there was talk about reinstating the Redskins name. Um, in Washington as well. There has been talk about it. There was a lawsuit filed over it, in fact. I, I don't know that it's going to happen, uh, but I like that there's efforts to do that. I think that the NFL and, and groups like that and the organization itself aren't going to go back on that because it's going it's to... The whole reason they did it in the first place was public pressure. Right. So you see that you're going to get more public pressure if you do that, even though even though the tribes are on board with it and they support it like they do with the Blackhawks. It's, and the, it's an honor to and them. And the Seminoles. And the Seminoles or whoever. I mean, yeah. you know, the Indi previously the Indians, now the Guardian. I mean, you've had some of the, the North Dakota fighting Sioux became the Warhawks or whatever they're called now or just the Hawks or some stupid shit like that. Like, my parents went there. You've got a great traditional <laughs> hockey team. Yeah. And now you're, you just, I mean, just... It is what it is. But. Yeah. Well, my parents went to eastern Michigan, and I'll never forget when I was working in South Bend, Indiana in the early 1990s, and I worked with this producer who also went to eastern Michigan, and he was so proud of himself. And this is a white gay dude, keep in mind. Okay. He was so proud that he was able to organize himself and other alums to get the name of the Hurons changed. And none of the Huron, none of the descendants of the Hurons had a problem. It was just this one group of white liberals that had to go on this crusade to get it changed. And yeah. to me, that was the first time I had ever seen, you know, the, the white liberal crusader trying to do something to change something that there was no outcry for, where they manufactured their own outrage. It's all it's it's all.
and 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 now it's every day. Yeah. Now it's every day. It's it's all manufactured. It's all that that BS outcry. Uh, Ginger's trying to think of a new trash name for the Seminoles. It's a fun iteration, but let's just keep it the same. Let's keep the frickin' tomahawk chop. Let's keep all of that on there. Um, <laughs> trash name for the Seminoles. But I love I love the hatred between a Florida and Florida State. I know. You know what? I didn't go to Florida or Florida State, but being a Florida guy, I kind I don't have any kind of like passionate dislike for any of the teams. You know, I'm sorry, Ginger, but you know, Florida State had my man Burt Reynolds. You know, play for the team. Lee Corso was on the same team. I, you know, Lee's a, you know, he's getting up. He's there not doing here. well. Yeah. He's not, yeah. But but you know, he's been a college, you know, an institution in college game days. So yeah, kind of. I give them some slack. And plus, I always love Bob, Bobby Bowden. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bobby was great. Bobby oh, was, yeah. well, those were the days. When Bobby was there and Spurrier, was, those were the days yeah. between that rivalry right there. Um, those were the days, and this was today. It was our first day, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, we had fun. We hope you guys did. It's been great seeing all the engagement there. Great seeing so many of, of the familiar um, audience members here. Couldn't do any of this without you guys. We're so grateful for you being here today. We hope that you'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. We're here all week. Again, thanks for your patience last week. I got my ass kicked. I think it was just cold, but man, it, it whooped my ass. And and I, I I would accept the ridicule that comes my way for it because it did. It just worked me over. I was disappointed in it all along the way, but I'm so glad to be back with you now. We all are. Thanks again for joining us during this new time. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, all the major platforms. We encourage you to be here with us on Rumble, but wherever you want to watch us, wherever you're most comfortable, that's where we'll be. We'll see you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. This is Drew Berquist. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results.
If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid